are using all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Sky Watchers from all parts of the globe and listening intergalactically. Welcome to another exciting episode of Sky Watchers Radio right here on PSN Radio. And as always, I am sadly Angel Espino. And with me, as always, is my hetero radio life mate, the one and only Tres Leche. How are you doing, Tres Leche? How's it going, buddy? I am doing, doing right? amazingly amazing. Squeezing the leche tonight. Squeezing I, I'm the leche. Squeezing the leche. Squeeze the leche. Yeah. Uh, it, dude, I, I don't know what you're on, but uh, yeah, there's no squeezing the leche. Oh, but, that's a, uh, that's a but, sad, sad statement to make early on on the show. With us, as as usual, is the one and the only Crystal Storm. How are you doing, Crystal? I'm good, Boo Boo. How are you? I'm doing boo-boo. pretty decent. Yeah, Boo Boo. How are you doing over there? Eh? I said it so much cooler. I, it's I did. so much better. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. See, that's why you're lowercase, Pookie. That's why. That's, that's why you're exactly, exactly why. By the way, we are broadcasting live from New Logic Studios, and this is May 18th, 2016. Sorry, no, with, all time traveling, uh, with all the time traveling, I'm just not sure sometimes. Yeah. Well, I told you we not have... to press that button when we went back. I told you. I told you not to press it. I said that. But, 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 we had to. <laughs> the flux capacitor made me do it. <laughs> Great We Scott. were using 8.8 gigawatts, or whatever the hell that was. Gigawatts. Whatever. Oh, I think it was gigawatts, yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. All right. It's cool. Now you're making me sad. You said that, and for some reason, my mind went from Back to the Future to Ghostbusters, and I don't even know why. I don't know why. Oh, oh everybody's apparently sad for Ghostbusters. Although the new trailer is out, and he, you know, Kevin Feige or whatever his name, Feige, Feige, he's uh, trying yeah. to redeem himself for the new movie. So it's terrible. The, the, the trailers, the, the new one is just horrible. It's, it's a really... none of the yeah, none of the jokes are funny, man. This is the thing. He's made comedies his entire career, right? Right. He's making a remake of Ghostbusters. How do you mess that up? I don't know how you Apparently mess up. very easily. How I do you do that? And so, I don't know. So oh, definitely. I mean, where look, it got convoluted and lost. Look, and I know this I is not... watching that review that you put up, Jackal, on, on your Crazy, Facebook, right? and I was just like, wow. If that's how it, if that's how it is, then there's no point. Because you, you had the original cast in the movie, but they're cameos. Right. And this, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, like, how stupid is that? that? 
How stupid is that? And, and look, for marketing purposes alone, you, you, you market that the original cast is in it playing the characters that we all know and love, passing the baton to a new generation of Ghostbusters. The fans would have loved that. It doesn't matter if you have whoever in the cast. They would have, you know, they would have supported that. But no, they're playing cameos. Like, you're going to have Ernie Hudson uh, playing uh, Patty, I think is her name. May Patty compel yeah. you. Like, he's playing her uncle. Who what? gives her the hearse? Yeah, that's who like gives a, that's her the a cameo. Yeah. That's, that's a cameo. Really, like Ernie, I love you, buddy. I, I do. I've interviewed it's, you. You're a good guy. Look, you're a good guy. I love you, and I know you're getting paid for this. But yeah, while you're the, doing this, I'm going to watch this trailer here. He's a, he's only like you know he's talking about this because honestly he needs a payday. That's the only reason why he's supporting this project, why he was in this thing, and the rest of them you know they were suckered into this by the studio. They were forced into the, doing this. I heard in some cases, uh, like it, it's a, it is a sad sad situation was going on with that movie. And yeah, the trailer sucked. By the way, other that guy. sucks. That just sucks. Well, I've read a very fun Star Wars spoiler today. Maybe the, tr- the which, name of the movie. Which one? No, not the name of the movie. Apparently, some dude saw a scene involving Rey and Luke and the Knights of Ren and Kylo. And I, I'll go into details if you want, but I, I won't spoil it if you don't want me to. Wait, is it the scene in there, like in the rain and stuff? And like, you're, I mean, that's from the first movie. That's from uh, Force Awakens. No, that no, no, nothing else. No, no, fight scene, fight scene. Oh, okay. Yes, it's something else. It, it sounds very exciting. Oh, my nipples are getting hard. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been hard all night. Go ahead, say it. Spoil it. Okay, I'm going to spoil it. Okay, spoilers, spoilers, guys. So if you don't want spoilers, mute us for like 15 seconds and come back. Okay, so basically what happens is they're in that spot in Ireland that we leave off with in, at the end of the last movie. And Kylo and his Knights of Ren roll up to try to get Rey and Luke. Apparently Rey and Kylo throw down and Luke, like the badass motherfucking Jedi he is, uh, kills all of Kylo's Knights of Ren and then goes to help Rey with Kylo. And Rey is apparently like gets knocked off a cliff or something happens to her and then uh, Kylo gets away. So apparently it's a cool fight scene like that. I'm hoping that's in the middle of the movie and not at the end of the movie like, you know. Yeah, that's what people are saying that they're hoping it's either the climactic battle or it's somewhere kind of in the middle. And also that Luke has got his glove back on and he looks very Return of the Jedi in his new outfit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. Black mm-hmm. khakis. All right. Black khakis yeah. and a black shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some cool art of it up on some different Twitter accounts. I was I was uh, geeking out over Star Wars today. So no photos, sp- just uh, action. Just yeah, uh, just like the guy described what he saw, and then some some really cool artists have been putting together pictures of it. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay, those yeah. of you that were missing that missed this, you know, congratulations, we're back. Uh, we you didn't miss much. It was just a little spoiler. That's all. Just a little spoiler. Just a little. You spoiler. can stop earmuffing now. No you more earmuffs. No more earmuffs. No more earmuffs. All right, all right. So, um, how's our news uh, situation looking tonight? Apparently, we do not have Chris Brown craziness. Uh, right. The Chris Brown crazy is not going to be on tonight. That's right. Yep. No, Chris. <laughs> but we will be having you know, a sighting. going to call in and complain because we said that, you know. <laughs> nah, he's going to love his new title. <laughs> he's going to love but, you know, we've but got the Nancy Burns experience, so we do. Chris did something yeah. cool, you know, it's the Chris Brown crazy. All right, uh, you know. I'm yeah, all I'm for it, talking. I like it. Yeah. I think it, 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 it rings It was your well. idea, the guy, didn't you say it, or who yeah, said I, it? They all nah, said I, it. I, other other yeah, guy, yeah. Tresleche, that was all Tresleche. It, it's all my fault, it's all my fault. He I'm snitching, that was your Tresleche. All right. All right, so so who 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 do we got interviewing tonight? Who, well, a little bit later after the Nancy Burns experience, we're going to have Mr. Grant Cameron on the show. 
and uh, we're going to interview him about UFO stuff, like the stuff that we're actually supposed to talk about on the show. You know? Yeah, the actual oh, yeah. UFO stuff. I'm sorry, I digressed. I couldn't help it. I was excited. It's all your fault. I know. It's all good. Blame you. It's all your fault. All right, so let's. But we do have some news uh, stuff to talk about. We do have a couple of things. Let's do some news. Let's do some UFO news. Who got abducted? Who didn't get abducted? Let's talk about it. Is there to talk about on the wall of weirdness this week? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. I I cut and pasted you a whole bunch of stuff, but I can't see it on my Skype anymore. That's not how this is supposed to work. Other guy, like I ask you, you're supposed to say, "Well, this week, Angel, we have this to talk about." Like, oh, really? okay. You, you well, Angel, it, this we have this to talk about this week. L- little less spitting when you talk, though. That's that's hurting the mic. <sighs> Sorry. Suffering succotash. <laughs> Suff- Speaking of suffering succotash, you know they're doing another Space Jam movie. I yes, with the Le- Chump James. Yeah, I heard. The first one sucked. Why would they make another one? Mm, the search for more cash. Exactly. Yes. You know, the next Star Trek, speaking of, Star, uh, you know, speaking of instead of search for Spock, search for cash, has anybody seen the new CBS teaser for the new Star Trek series? No, but I saw, like, the logo. Ooh, it's out. I think I cut and pasted that to you, too. But again, nice. I still can't find it on my uh, Skype yet. But mm-hmm. I know it's there. Uh, and it looks good. Oh, there it is. Hang on. I found it. All right. Hang on. Uh, let me get. Let me cut and paste you some news. Hang on. That would be I've lovely. I've never been a real big Star Trek fan, but I might check it out. Okay. Um, first one was interesting news uh, that you're going to see, place, uh, which is actually uh, solid proof that aliens exist on YouTube, uh, which was a really cool video that I was watching uh, earlier today. And I'm like, oh, okay, this got my attention. It's 13 minutes of run time, but they've got some really, really cool stuff. The oh, security team. One, the second video. one is the uh, Star Trek video. You've got to see this, and the sound, the new score, the new music is epic. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So what? Okay. So first, we're gonna do solid proof of alien ships moving in space above Earth right, from our right. friends over at Secure Ten. Uh, how many yep. minutes in do we actually see some aliens? Um, hang on, I will get that. I'll Forty-five get that. minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> Forty-five minutes in front of the thirteen minutes of video. Right. Okay. Right. Um, I would actually. Hey, it worked. In, it worked in the movie Contact. Yeah. Yeah. True. There was yeah. missing time. It was weird. There was missing man. time. There was. Right. True. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. All okay, right, I'm gonna post see, this where... video on our on our uh, Facebook page, by the way. So, if guys, if you want to uh, see the video that we're talking about here, I'm gonna post the link on facebookcom forward slash Skywatchers Radio. Yeah, three um, minutes and fifteen seconds in is where it gets interesting. Go ahead in there. Yeah, if if you guys want to take a look at it, you want to jump to about uh, uh, 3.14 in. It's actually shuttle mission uh, 114 that they're showing. And what's really interesting, it's showing an object that is definitely not a meteor or a comet or anything because it actually changes trajectory in a nice, beautiful, curving arc, um, which means uh, it's A, it's in space, but B, it's just... Uh, obviously, it can't be something that, that's... It's got to be intelligently directed because it's literally changing its direction and course and now there's that's no interesting. well uh, here's a question though Uh-oh, with the with, yeah, yeah and uh i'm gonna try to see uh, if i sound smart on this one crystal if i don't <laughs> just jump on me okay isn't there things like uh different radiations and stuff that happens in space even like that close to the earth that might I don't know, make something like drift one way or another where to us might seem okay, like... Well, drift might is one thing. The speed that it's traveling at is another. 
I'm sorry to interrupt you and shoot you down on. Um, well, I mean, you actually see Yes, and, but maybe there's a thing that's been traveling for a long time, and it's just, you know... It's oh, come on, really? You're just clutching for excuses, aren't you? Um, <laughs> you know... No, no. I'm, yes, I'm, yes. You know, I'm, nice I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, if you look at it and how far it arcs off, um, it, 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 it ain't gravity. It ain't the Van Allen belt. I mean, this uh, reminds me of the uh, smoking gun videos with Martin Stubbs uh, from the nineties. Remember those? No, I don't. What are you talking about? Really? No, you really? really. You don't. You never heard of the uh, the smoking gun videos? Well, no. You're, you're shitting me, really? No kidding. All right, yeah. I'm going to post you a link on it. Uh, this uh, happened in the nineties. Uh, there's a, a gentleman named Martin Stubbs worked at a, um, I believe it was a cable company, if I'm not mistaken. And he was a repairman at the company, and he had a few satellite dishes, huge dishes in the back of the company, that right. he uh, started recording footage of NASA's uh, live feeds. Uh, right. With, this is before NASA really was like, oh, man, we should really, like, put a, you know, a lock and key on this <laughs> encrypted. Yeah, and we, we, we screwed up. And he was recording, like, thousands of hours worth of footage and just capturing all kinds of, you know, different phenomenon. And when I say different phenomenon, I'm, just, I'm not just talking about a UFO flying saucer. There was like two or three different levels of things that he was capturing up in space that really looked bizarre. Like little lights that keep they kept flaring once in a while just awkwardly in space that looked like maybe something was traveling so fast that all you would see is like a little light. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff like that. And um, maybe like super large particle explosions or something. I don't know what the hell he was capturing, but it was very interesting. And the, the video was put out, and NASA, all they said was like, oh, can't explain it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you shrug you your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, NASA's like, who let that dude get on the video stream? Who did it? <laughs> I'm surprised he, he lived uh, he's lived as long as he has. I mean, I don't know if he's dead now. I wouldn't be shocked if he is. Oh, yeah, they put a contract out on him probably, you know. And, look, I'm going to uh, post this on the uh, Skype here so you guys can check it out also. Right. But it's easy to search for. Just put the, the smoking gun UFO on YouTube or Google or, or wherever, and you're going to see the documentary. It's about an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, the Secret All NASA right. Transmission. Uh, that's uh, the main name of the thing, the smoking gun. All right, very cool. And now, um, I'm going to post that so you guys can check that out. Cool. When you have a chance now, after the show, though. After, after the show. You want to listen to us in right. the meantime. Don't, this don't is first. That's after. No. We're first. All right, now, All right. the second video that I give you a link to is the new Star Trek teaser. It's 50 seconds long. The soundtrack is nice. The visuals are really, really J.J. Abrams-ish right now. I can't I like listen that. to sound like while I'm on the air with you guys. I have to mute. Otherwise, uh, you're going sound. Well, just shut up and listen, and you'll be like, oh, my God, the score sounds great. Well, I can't because then, again. Yeah, I think he forgets that we're live on, on air right now. Right? I know. Oh. He does. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm just sorry. be quiet, just shut up, and just listen. Listen, listen yeah, to the music. Good. It's so pretty. It's so amazing. <laughs> just listen, listen. Do you want me to play through my microphone here? It's you know. No, it's I don't want you to play it through your microphone. Clearly. All right, fine. God uh, no. I could play it through actually my speakers here, and it'd probably be loud enough to actually be coherent for everybody. That would. I would love for you to do that because I want the audience to get really riled up for taking Star Trek to the next level and not the next generation. Oh, you're a Trekkie. I did not know Oh, he's a diehard Trekkie. Are you kidding me? I'm, this I'm man a Star here? Wars and Trekkie kind of no, guy. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm a Star... Ah, oh, no, 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 no. Sure I can. You can no. like both. That's fine. But you can, you can, you can only be a diehard of one. There oh. you go. Okay. Uh, I like both, yeah, sorry, but I'm a Star Wars fanatic. Yeah, I'm, I'm a right. Star Wars fanatic, I guess. 
You know, I, you know, I'd even turn yes. on my lightsaber but in the background. Correct. Do or do not. There is no try. Correct. Well, you know what Yoda says? Beer. Mm. What is that? Um, no, beer. Do you say beer? Leads to drunkenness. Oh, okay, beer. Drunkenness leads to beer goggles. And beer goggles leads to ugly women. Mm-mm. Why did Yoda sound Mexican there? At the end? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> like, it almost reminded me of like a, a, an episode in season two of Eastbound and Down when they're down in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, beer goggles leads to ugly people, by the way. Yeah. That's true, beer too. Beer goggles will make anybody look good. True okay. story. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, someone apparently is having a flashback. And it ain't Kylo Ren. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. Thank God. Because I smoked a lot of pot in college more than I drank because I'm a lightweight. <laughs> and pot does not give you beer goggles. Okay, by the way, speaking of Yoda, story. here's that Frank Oz has recorded uh, dialogue. He just yes. finished recording dialogue for yep. episode eight. Yes, oh, and he's what? not doing the puppet. He's not doing the puppet. It's not gonna be puppeted by Frank Oz. He is only doing the voice. But that's fine. That's cool. So it's gonna probably be a See, blue. I ghost. heard that Darth Thank Vader you. is also going to be in Rogue One because James Earl Jones has recorded yeah. things. I'm so excited for that as well. Yep. Well, it, it makes sense that also that you know Frank Oz would not be the puppet doing the puppeteering this time because Yoda is How dead. Old? So it would be a Force ghost at this point. True. 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 So. True, true. We're sorry. We're sorry. It's no, clone, we have, we have clone of Yoda. Oh, no. You know, send him the clone. Yeah, no. You can't clone Yoda. A clone I am. Yes. <laughs> More green am I? Yeah, yeah. All, All right, right, I'm going to... Hold on. on. I posted the uh, Star Trek uh, television logo and first look teaser revealed on the Skype and on the Facebook. I'm going to play. Do you guys want to hear it? Huh? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Here we go. Uh-oh. All right, it was cool, but it was nothing like to like you know fart over either. It was nothing. Well, it, it, it's the, it's the instruments that they they've changed the instruments dramatically to make it sound more operatic, as opposed to uh, you know the the themes and how the music was played before. It's a little bit. If you listen, it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more dramatic. They they turned up the uh, bass on it. Um, it you know, it, it just sounds deeper. And look, as long as they don't put like uh, as long as they don't put a pop song in there like they did on the Enterprise TV series for the intro, I'm okay with. Oh, because I've got space yeah, in I mean, my seriously. head. There's nothing left inside me, and I've got space. That's horrible. Huh. No, they did they really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's worse: the actual song on the show or him singing it. That's... The song was the song was good. I suck at singing it, but the song the song was good. It just I just Not didn't think you needed it for Enterprise. Right. I think the instrumental was best. Okay, I agree. No, I agree. All right. I mean this this looks like Star Trek. Yeah, it feels like Star yeah. Trek. It has the logo, it has the name, it has the feel. Now I got to see some people in motion. Indeed. So then I'll be able to judge it properly. Now this is going to be like we said before. Uh, I don't know if it was on this show or on one of the many other shows I do because I forget. All, you know, it's too many. Uh, but I, I've recently talked about this where this is going to be the pilot only on CBS, and then the rest is going to be on CBS All Access on right? pay for me or pay TV CBS. Right, 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 right. Yeah, actually, it was the roundtable on Sunday when we talked about it. See, there you go. Yeah, but you know, you figure people like it and put it up on BitTorrent, and you oh, know. of course. Yeah, that's going to happen. Now, that's how I watch all my TV. Is this going to be like... It sh- people should support it. You know, there sh- there, I'm sure there's going to be people that are going to support it because it's the only way the series is going to continue is if people pay to see it. 
But here's the question: Is the money it, for the budget? Yeah, but is it going to be week to week, or is it going to be like you know marathon here the whole thing? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. That I, I had that question of myself when I just found out that they're about to release the Voltron series, uh, the new Voltron on Netflix. You know, do I binge watch it because they're wa- releasing them all at the same time? Yes. Or do I watch it, you know, every other day? <laughs> I can't help myself. I have I uh, I uh, have no self-control with that. I mean, if it's on Netflix and I can watch an entire season, I will watch the entire season. Yeah, like, the only thing is, for me, it kind of it kind of ki- I will call in dead. I'm going to watch you- the damn thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. It, it kind of kills, like, the, you know, the excitement of keeping up with the show week to week, month to month, season You know, season. a little bit. It, I think it kind of depends on the it show because it. I like, you know what, I think I like having like um, Jessica Jones and Daredevil and being able to watch some shows just... Yeah, you but know, you know why that happens? Because Daredevil, we're used to, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and cinema, and we're used to Daredevil, the movie. So when we That's- see Daredevil, it's like a... 15 hour long or 10 hour long movie for us you know we see it like that it's a little bit different with characters like that I agree there's some characters you can do the marathon with I don't know about Star Trek not sure if I if I could do that not, with Star Trek yeah, so I hope I, it's not I, I like don't know. that because the other reason you gotta understand why because you know every single Star Trek we've really seen unless it's a two part episode concludes itself um, and doesn't leave a cliffhanger uh, at the end of every episode uh, if you think about it, all, you know, Daredevil, something's always ending up at the end of the episode where right. you can't wait. It's to a see continuation. It. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's like a long movie. Star Trek is their standalone episodes, basically. There's a narrative storyline, but for the most part, they're standalones. And you know, that's well, I don't know if I'd call it a narrative storyline. I'd say there's continuing character development and evolution. right, right. But yeah, no real. No, it normally is. Like, for example, Voyager, the storyline was they were lost in space. That was basically the storyline. And you had Chakotay with a terrible name and bad tattoos who inspired Mike Tyson. I'm telling you that right now. That's what oh, you inspired mean, Oh, you mean Grizzly Adams? Uh, well, Chicote. that's what he looks like now. Have you, you guys, seen what Do you know? Yeah, but do you, do you know what? Like no, no, I haven't. But do you know what Chicote oh. means in Spanish, by the way? What? Does it mean? Sme- smelly feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The first well, officer for the Starship Voyager was named Smelly Feet. Mm-hmm. I see. True story. Uh, now, moving on to some actual UFO-related news. Hillary Clinton, as we've talked about before, has been obviously in the news talking about UFOs. And she was on Jimmy Kimmel not you know long ago. I think it was like, what, March 24th? I got audio of her talking about this thing. And it's funny how she's uh, given now a new definition and I know some of you have heard uh, this definition. Uh, un- unidentified aerial phenomenon is the new definition, I guess, that they're trying to come up with. Uh, but it's funny listening to her talk about this. I got the audio clip. I'm going to play this real quick so the audience can listen in. Um, I, you know, I've, I've brought this up before, I think, on Future Theater, and it's a question that I, that I still have not had answered properly. Why is she catering so much to this, huh? Because she needs anybody. I'm- she needs the wackos to elect her because that's the only people that will vote for her. Finally, the answer I've been waiting to hear. I'm good with that sometimes. Not all the time. Nobody else wanted to say it, but it's the truth. You, but you, well, hang on, though. So, But that doesn't make <laughs> a lot of sense to me because I'd like to think that those of us – well, maybe – okay, maybe not all of us. But I think the majority of the UFO field, you know, we think outside the box, and she's no, but very much a typical politician. So, I mean, just because Hillary's claiming disclosure, I think anybody who seriously followed the topic, we're not going to fall for it. You know, like, you know we're – 
you're full of crap, and we know she's full of crap. It's interesting. Right. But the, the thing is, the, the reason – I'm not going to vote for her just because she's saying I'm going to open up the black box. But the thing is, the reason that she's doing this is because that's the way they see us. Oh, you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that we really okay, are that. I got you. So that's the way they see us. They perceive this community to be like that. So they're using the, the UFO community to get votes. She's doing it to get votes. Do you think she's – I would be very curious if she's actually getting votes, like if somebody is actually going to vote for Hillary because she said UFO disclosure. Probably I would like to will. Probably well, will. Not, no matter how hard she tries, she's not going to really get UFO disclosure and the reason oh, definitely is definitely not because it's, a it's joke. above her pay grade. It ain't and it's a, it's a joke. There's it's no like, way she's that like, she's ever going to get it at all. She's seven levels below the possibility of getting the truth. Absolutely, about UFOs. and that's why I'm like I think most of us who follow ufology know that. <laughs> you're full, like you're not going to do it. Like look what happened. Yeah, to most of us. Who, yeah, but here, Crystal, we're going to happen tonight. I'm sure we'll have like a million more examples. So really, yeah, but, if you were voting for Hillary because she said UFO disclosure, call in. I want to talk to you. I'm really curious. <laughs> I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. That's right. You call in. No, just, no not at all. Like, <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, it worked? What? For okay, let's play, let's play this clip. Call in. Let's play this clip real quick, and then when we come back, we're going to have the Nancy Burns experience. Remember, at the uh, second hour, we're going to have Grant Cameron. So be ready for that. That's going to be awesome. Nancy Burns, when we come back from this clip, this is Jimmy Kimmel live with Hillary Clinton. Husband, President Clinton on the show. He said, I asked him about UFOs in Area 51, and, and if, he, if he looked in, because if I was president, that's the first thing i do. i go right into those files and right. see what was going on. Right. And he said that he did do that. Yes. And that he didn't find anything. Well, I'm oh. going gonna, gonna to do it again. Yeah, why not? Right? And, and you know, there's a new name. It's Unexplained Aerial Phenomenon. Unexplained Aerial Phenomenon, yep. really? Yep, UAP. That's the latest nomenclature. I so, like the old one. I like UFO. I don't know why. Well, it, I think we can use them interchangeably. But I would like us to go into those files and hopefully make as much of that public as possible. If there's nothing there, let's tell people there's nothing there. What if, if there something. is something there? Well, if there is something there, unless it's a you know, threat to national security, I think we ought to um, share it with the public. Well, what if everybody's all hopped up on medical marijuana and everybody gets paranoid? <laughs> I would love well, it. That's if... why I want more research. <laughs> if you share it with me, I'll decide what is the best course of action. I really have my ear to the ground. Well, you know, I'm more than happy to do that. Do you love clicking buttons and subscribing to things? Then click the button to subscribe to my channel, and you'll finally be happy. 4,734 UFO sightings in 2007. by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens and hundreds more unreported in 2007. Suppressed information about collisions with passenger aircraft and UFOs that has been kept from the public knowledge for years and only one trusted source of information from some of the top UFO researchers in the world. Exclusive information that cannot be found anywhere else on the planet. Trusted, connected, accurate. The UFOstore.com. Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant 
downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. And we're back on Skywatchers Radio with the Nancy Burns Experience. Yay! Yay! Everything is awesome. Everybody calm down. Settle down. Settle down. Calm down, kids. Yeah. All of you listening in, calm down. Settle down. This is right. We have Nancy Burns right after we we went to the commercial, but we played the Hillary Clinton skit. And I want to jump off right on that, Nancy. I I think it was a skit. I don't think it was real. It was a skit. Yeah, I don't think it was legit either. I think they, they orchestrated scripted the whole thing but nancy you know give us your take on that video well or that audio um, i should say sorry yeah well the number one thing i take away is the difference between hillary clinton and say donald trump and it's this she became very animated when she was describing the new terminology for ufos because yeah of course she wants to suck us all in and have us vote for her but She's also been listening to things our group is saying, and you'd only know that if you, you know, you know. So she listened, she remembered it, and or she has that Podesta guy telling her this is going exactly. on. Exactly, but but it but it points out the difference. Hillary Clinton is think of think about 
the matriarchy versus the patriarchy. Donald Trump is like a king. He's like a super dad. And Hillary is going to be like a super mom. Just keep that in, keep those kind of balance in mind. Ouch. And yeah, yeah, but apparently it, the super mom is the one who's cheating on her husband. So what? Uh, it whoa, won't, whoa, whoa, whoa. But listen, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chill for a second. Hillary Clinton is cheating on on Bill Clinton. No, no, no. She's saying you you know call her a super mom. Yeah, but the super mom is a skank. No, no, no. Wait, Consider wait, this. What anyway, we, moving on. I, I, I'm not even going to touch that with the 20 foot I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't trust her. I, not go, well, I don't, tr- I, 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 I don't trust her either. Her. Jesus, you've man. never met her in person. No, you're right, but I've seen no, her so, on look, the news. Some about- people you don't have to meet, Nancy, to know that you don't like them. Like, I don't have to meet so Hitler to know that Hitler was a scumbag. You know, I don't have to yeah, meet Yeah, but Hitler guy. did bad things, and Hillary And has Hillary hasn't, done, let's be honest. She's only done decent things her whole life. Consider this. Just consider this for the moment. She's done at least I did, but let me say this: We are a president, right? That's the job of that's the thing that we're looking for. We're looking to hire a chief executive. Consider, if you will, a policy wonk, a person who is really friendly with both sides of the aisle because she's been in the Senate. She's been she's been everywhere. She's kind of a people person. She's okay versus. A guy who is only in it for himself. But Nancy, 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 on a power trip. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Nancy, Nancy, hold on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we get into a political discussion again, let me let me just say this about about her her video, Jimmy Kennel on the UFO thing. The key word that I think we should, and I don't think it was a skit, but the key thing that we should take away from this is that she said, "If there's anything there, right." Right. And that's key. So what I think is what she's getting at is even when she's you know she's you know do the song and dance. Let's rename it to this, that, and the other. But the way she said that and kind of the way she responded to his question after the fact makes mm-hmm. me believe that she doesn't think anything's there. That she right. thinks and he really are cuckoo, and that's the key. That no, he, no, no. I think just well, the opposite. No, no. Crystal's she onto something here. The office. Yeah, she's on. She yeah, exactly. It. She'd say we mm-hmm. looked into UFOs. We've discussed it with NASA. I've been. This, that, and the other. She make a whole big spectacle out of it. Like, like she didn't jump in saying, "Hey, I believe a hundred percent of this is real, and I'm gonna prove it." Like, no, she's like, "Hey, no, there's but she's already there. been but on the inside. Said, no. she's, she's gonna already, say no. that there's nothing there. That's what she's going to say. She's but going she's to say, That's what Bill said. Bill said the same thing when he for ran for me. But thanks to the security clearance that I have, I have nowhere near the clearance myself exactly. because mm-hmm. I'm only in office for four years or she's maybe eight. You guys, that's not what she's going to say. She's going. What she's going to say is when she turns around after she's elected, and let's just say hypothetically speaking that she gets elected some crazy way. The she's government just, said there's nothing there. No, no, no. After she says – no, hold on. Let me, let, let there's me, nothing. Can I finish? Can there's I finish? Nothing. All right. After she says all that crap that he just said, she's just going to turn around and laugh and say, suckers. <laughs> they thought that that was going to actually <laughs> – no, but I don't even think me slap her, these suckers. She's like, I no. got my vote, so I don't care. That's all. Yeah, exactly. But, but I love the, the way she's point. pandering. I love the way she's pandering, and it's insulting because exactly what you guys are saying, what Crystal is saying, it's insulting to us that know that yeah. you know this is how they see us. If if I, I really do that I, all the time, they do it. I saw. I think that when Obama said that I agree with homosexuality, but as a president, I can't do anything about it. I thought that was insulting. I thought that was completely insulting. I don't give a shit what your personal opinion is. You're the president. Do something. 
I mean, we yeah. are all you know, equal insulting. So right? it's the same thing with Hillary. She's like, yeah, right. you know, let me kind of pat you on the head, tell you that you're cute, vote for me. It, it, it's, it's insulting. It is. Yeah, but we don't do really care about that. We care about having a, a, a great economy that, that gives lots of new money to people in all kinds of ways. Wait a minute, new well, money. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop you right there when you said, we need new money. No, we don't need new money. You know why? Because I just need any money. Print Donate new money. Hold up. If you make and print new money, that just leads to inflation. We want to cut down the deficit and not just keep on printing. I don't mean it that way, though. Well, you I, got to explain I, that part then. Okay. I mean new opportunity along the lines of my daughter is actually making a living by getting people to stand on surfboards on the water. It's a, it's a whole world of exercise that never okay, so, existed. So, so and how that, did Hillary Clinton get her that job? Well, you want the government to stay out of your way when you're right. trying to up new yeah. ideas. You really think Hillary well, after corporate After everything that's happened with the Democrats, with Obama, but look at, they, look at that's economic. not your business. That's our business. We folks, build it. Folks, hold on. Let me, let, me, let, me stop, let me stop everybody for a second here. You know what I love about Americans and about mm-hmm. people in general? We could all and get along please, with hate please hear, No, please hear me out before you overtalk. Please hear me out. All right. This is what I love about people. Uh, when a catastrophe happens... The first thing you hear out of people is, where was the government? Why didn't they do something to help us? But then when you know nothing bad's happening, but maybe they are looking out for our well-being in their own weird way. You know, everybody's like, "Oh man, I don't want the government. I don't want them to do you know looking at, into us." So it's like you know, people that are in Florida. When they're in Florida, they always put the AC on. When they go somewhere that's cold, they put the heater on. It's like, make up your minds, people. What do you want? Do you want it hot? Do you want it cold? Do you want it to to protect you, or do you not want them to protect you? And Hillary Clinton said something very, very key in the entire thing that you guys did you know, completely missed. Hmm. Completely missed it. Which was she saying? Tell us. All right, she's talking about if there's something there, right? If, but then she says, if it's a threat to national security, I won't disclose it. Of course, and you know, well, that just wasn't. I heard it, but that wasn't. I. But that is the most key part of the whole thing because we know in ufology, folks, we've been talking about this for forty. Freaking 50, 60 years now. Ufology's been around for a long time. Ufology, which is a fake field, there's no such thing. But, you know, talking about this subject has been around for a long time. And we've all known this is mostly about national security. We know this. The government knew this back when Blue Book happened. This is not a secret. This has been a national security issue for 30 years. This is, you know, are we really that stupid, Hillary Clinton? Of course you're going to say that. And of course that's going to be the cop-out. Oh, there's nothing there. But in reality, she's not going to say anything, period, because it is a issue with national security aliens coming to this planet is a national security risk we have to investigate it we have to get to it and we cannot get the public to panic so i understand why the cover-up happened originally i do think though it's a little you know it's time for it to like you know blow over and for us to know what really is going on stage yeah but i mean early on i look i have no ill will towards the government if they kept it a secret for 20 30 40 50 years because i understand the the time was different back then i understand it was a different era but we've we've grown up i think as people and i think we can accept the fact that we're not alone in the universe a little bit more than we could have 50 years ago so it's time to start telling us the truth i want disclosure to happen i don't think hillary clinton is ever going to get to any any disclosure it's a joke that she's talking about this and yes hillary clinton you're not going to say anything because yes it is an issue with national security thank you for telling us you know what it is 
basically. See, I just think she was just giving herself an out. She's very smart. She gave herself two outs. She could either say, A, there's nothing there, or B, we right. can the terror level up to, you know, code orange and keep people afraid for another 20 years. Hey, war's money. More exactly. hate. So long, as, so long as we're afraid of something, that wheel's turning. Exactly. Yeah, but she and, acknowledged and, that there was a UFO field, that there is a topic. But they've all acknowledged it. I mean, even Carter acknowledged that in the 80s. Come on. I mean, that's you know Reagan talked about it in this very famous speech of the UN where what if you know we were threatened by an outside source? I will or, say if you want something, you know you that's my best Reagan by the way, same. best that was, Reagan. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. If you want something, Thank you, Nancy. you can't keep doing things the way they've already been. They've always been done. Hillary is the same. Oh, that was Crystal. Always. No, I th- I think you would be pleasantly surprised with a woman. In the White House, well, at the top position, I have no issue with that. I wish I could. No issue with that. I have no problem with that. Nancy, Nancy, I would vote for you for president over no. Hillary Clinton. Absolutely, I would vote for you for president. Well, you have my vote, I woman, vote. and I don't vote. I don't believe in voting. I think it's bullshit. But no. I would vote for you. I always no matter what president. party you ran in, President's. Republican, Democrat, middle ground, whatever, you want to run independent, I will vote I, I, for I you. I will even campaign for you, Nancy. Oh, I'll be you. all over it. I'll wear buttons and everything. Well, I'll do some Photoshop for your campaign. That's, I'm that's just voting none of the above to hell with you all. <laughs> Unless you make him your vice president. And then yeah, exactly. But I brought, I brought, better yet, I brought a present for everybody, for Ooh. sure. I Uh-oh. brought a really good joke. Yes. Oh, yeah. Joke of the yes. day. Joke of the day. This is for the is other a UFO, guy. Is it UFO related or just? No, it's joke? it's other guy related. Oh, oh it's a tri- to a fan. Well, uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Is it okay. like is it racist, okay. sexist? Does it have anything to do with pornography, uh, pro what? wrestling? You know, mud wrestling. Right. Jews, herpes, no. Jews, <laughs> blacks, <laughs> Hispanics. I mean, oh, that's no, that's, uh, that's Donald Trump. Who we, who that, who that's Donald Trump. Americans. Sorry, that's yeah. Donald Trump. I'm sorry, that's Donald Trump. Here, why? Are redneck murders so hard to solve? Rednecks, we forgot that, Crystal. Jeez. What the hell? I'm not a redneck. <laughs> okay, um, because they're abducted by the aliens. I don't nope. know. Nope. Because there's no dental records and all their oh. DNA matches. Oh! <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Oh, that yeah. was the best so joke bad. ever. Yeah, <laughs> for the yeah. It's good, folks. Wow! Please call in and argue with Nancy. I am not involved in the show. <laughs> it's got your name. Oh, wow! How? Okay. How is that all about me? I'm just because trying. you would make a bad joke like that. You no, would actually. Yes. Pu- I would not do that because in front of you. Know Dude, redneck. I've you known you for over a decade. You're right. I do not yes. like rednecks. Unfortunately, I grew up in Virginia and North Carolina, and I know rednecks. No, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. You guys are missing though. Uh, the other guy here doesn't have to have friends that are rednecks to make a joke like that. He will just randomly say shit like that. He just, he, he, this is what he does. That's what we love about you, man. That's what we love about you, Teresa. Yep, I do random things like this. Yeah. No, but you also do a good accent. Do a redneck accent. You do. He does. He does. He really does. Encourage him, Nancy. Why? Just for that, I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> well, we already got kicked out of one network. I might as well get kicked out of my own network, right? I just, what? <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say that it's my if fault. We you haven't gotten it. hate mail yet. We, I think, we're pretty good. Oh, we get it. Oh, he we said get some it. stuff. He said some stuff. Actually, we got some hate mail. Well, not hate mail. We got. I, I got one negative, severe negative, on the pot show that we did uh, a few few weeks ago on Future Theater. 
That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't encourage it. Children are not listening to this show, but you shouldn't encourage children. Um, smart children, if they're listening, if I were a child right now, (laughs) good good luck with that. (laughs) Smart children. Well, no, I would wait as long as I could. It's sort of like virginity. Not to this show, young. (laughs) No, no. Well, they say though, the longer you wait before you smoke pot, the smarter you'll be, the bigger your brain will be and the bigger the experience. So I would suggest that you let your little egg brain get all, you know, grown up, get all. Nancy, I, I was I, I was 13. What does that say? Yeah, I, 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 really? That explains yeah. a lot, huh, doesn't it? Yes. You got to do it responsibly like everything else because the problem with pot is if you're already a lazy teenager and you're smoking pot, then you're yeah. really a lazy teenager. <laughs> you are not doing anything. And here's the, it, here's the thing. You're just not lazy. No. You're real lazy. Here's the crazy, here's the crazy thing. In my genes, one thing I got to say, you know, God bless my mom's, uh, one thing I inherited from her was I am definitely not lazy. Yeah, I was able to be a productive. I am a workaholic too, just knew, like my mom. You have I work friends who couldn't. You know. No, it's funny because it's 50-50 because my dad, super lazy. My mom, workaholic. So mm. sometimes I get lazy, and most of the time I'm not. So it's like eh, the yin-yang effect. Well, sometimes Chris, so you how, like how not, Sometimes you don't. Right, yeah. Yeah, like how, how old were you when you first smoked pot or had pot? Ages I pot. had a brief pot experience 14, 15, wow. and then I really started smoking pot when I was in college. Wow. And yeah. the other guy, what? What was your age when you started? I haven't started yet. Ah, see there. There you go. Smart boy. Very smart boy. Soon to be smarter than everybody because of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. You go, other guy. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe she fell for that. No, I take everybody at their word. I no, really, no, really no, do. No, in, in, all seriously, in all seriousness, I really don't smoke at all. Um, I don't smoke anything. At all. Um, you vape, although, right? Uh, no, I don't vape either. No. Um, I have been, you know, uh, you know, maybe once every couple of years I'll do a hookah in a social environment. Um, wow. But, you know, I, I really don't smoke. It's just not my thing. But I will tell you this. I will sit in the same room as people that are smoking up and I will maybe once in a while end up with a little contact high. But that's about it. Really. Well, is that because you never have your whole life? I've never had a desire, want, or need for it. Now, will I dabble in the business of of cannabis and pot and marijuana? Absolutely, yes. I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. The benefits benefits are through the roof on the medicinal side. It's just there. And the monetary side. Now, will I take CBD oil? Absolutely, yes. I don't need the hallucinogenic side to enjoy my life. I'll I'll say say this about this man here, though. Um, I've known him for over a decade. I've never smoked with him. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and, and here's the, here's the interesting part. You'll also notice how often do I sound like I'm high on something anyway? Yeah, he, this guy's high on life. He really is. Well, True. that's sort of how Bill is. He's he's a very wound up character, and he really thinks outside the box. And he he was an only child, and he really talks to himself. So he's a completely self contained, very happy individual. So here's an interesting question. If you're homeschooling your kid and you talk to yourself, does that mean you're having a parent-teacher conference? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's trippy. That was, that was good. That was a good, good one. one. Good one. Mind blown on that question. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> well, now, uh, did I, I love guys... it when girls say that again. Crystal, could you do the same thing? I love when girls say so deep, so deep. Could you do that again? 
Mm-mm, honey, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Big Case Pookie, okay? Oh, yeah. There you go. Sorry. Damn it, damn it. You're lowercase Pookie, oh. see? Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. That was a thing to see right there. <laughs> We're a bunch of crazy evil bastards I on I wish this I show. could see the reaction of people who just tune in at the right moment <laughs> and wonder where the hell they've landed. Well, you know, what do they mean about lowercase Pookie? Yeah. <laughs> now, didn't Chris leave behind uh, his his uh, fines for the week? I think he did. I'm looking did for them now. Yes, in he the did. sky. Yes, in he the sky watchers thing. Okay, well, in we, the sky we, already, we talked about a couple of things on there, but there there yeah. was a couple of things he posted on the uh, Facebook page, I believe. Is that what you're trying? Yeah, to get yeah. At? Well, I didn't like the New England Fireball so much. It was like, eh, what, whatever. But I did watch the other Facebook one where these three beautiful white dots appeared in a triangular formation. I thought that was nice. If anybody has seen those guys. I am watching it right Uh-oh. now. Uh-oh. It started playing and there's noises. There's a volume. Look at that. You hear it? It's okay. It actually sounds like Robin Morningstar's on. his crickets in the background. Yeah. Birds, you know. <laughs> JFK was a great man. You guys got, really got, really got into it. Um, oh, I love Robert. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, you guys really got into it. Um, he's got untold depths, I tell you. Oh, it's amazing. And in fact, he's going to be on Future Theater, and he'll tell us some of those depths next week, May 23rd. Really? Which, yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What I love about Robert Morningstar, and this is funny, Nancy, this has uh, only happened with maybe two or three guests that I've ever interviewed. Um over and over again, because, you know, he's a guest that we've had on a lot on the show. Right. Uh, and I've had a few people like, like Paul Dale Roberts and, and a few others. And he, unlike a lot of those guests, he's like the only one that pulls in a lot of reaction right away from people. Like, I get emails, uh, personal, you know, personal messages on Facebook. Uh, people send me uh, texts about the show. And mm. it's usually about stuff that he says. And normally we don't even talk about UFOs all that much. It's mostly political stuff, which says a lot. Uh, but it's funny. We always He always gets a reaction from people. Mm. Whether it's positive or negative, he always gets a big reaction from people. And he's not like uh, – it's not like he talks about super, super, super crazy controversial things. But let's be honest. Well, you know, he UFOs, does. But JFK, he, knows, he knows what you know? buttons to push on people. He does. He does, yeah. He well, he has said that that the UFO. What's the name of his website? UFO Digest. Digest. Yep. He says that that continually gets hacked, and uh, yes. I often wonder: is it true, or, 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 or? And do you also, guys, do you guys know what happened to the website? I think the founder died, Vanderplug. Vanderplug? You know, is yeah. Andrew let me find his first name. The the fellow who owned the site, the the fellow who yeah, doesn't have a joke about the other guy. I mean, the guy died. Jeez. Yeah, Vander Plog. Does See that what I'm saying? That's the kind of joke he makes. See? Yeah, that, <laughs> he can't help it. He just he legit cannot help himself. I want to so hear much Sorry, yes. I think Van Wilder. Every time someone says Van something or other, Van so. Wilder, and Van Wilder was the movie, right? Right. That was a good movie. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Great movie, especially the beginning with the Asian lady. Hilarious. In fact, in fact, that that fella who played Van Wilder, I forget his name. Do you guys he's, remember? He's Deadpool. He's uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, his new name Ryan, is Deadpool. He's so. His, his real name is Deadpool, though. Yeah, it's hmm. that's Deadpool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I we you know I think the copy of Deadpool that we started to watch was was not good. I think it wrecked our experience, and I think we need to start from the beginning, find a different copy, and see. 
What copy did you see? You mean you mean go to the theaters and see it, or buy it on DVD or Blu-ray, Nancy? or or wait for it to come out in, um, you know, HBO in... or Skinemax? Exactly. Torrent. Yes. Yeah. Torrent. Torrent. You bought a torrent. What are these things that you speak of, Crystal? We no. have no idea. No, nothing. No. Torrents. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you was, you know, I'm just saying, like hypothetically. I don't know yeah. about these things. These yeah. torrents. What are these torrents? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Torrent Syndrome. Uh, it's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Torrent Syndrome. I I've never heard of these things. Well, Angel, how what what is your hard drive capacity? Whoa, that's off a, the top of your head. Do, that's do, a tough you know? question, there, Nancy. <laughs> no, seriously, do you know. <laughs> Oh, Whoa, God, no. Nancy, I never thought we were going to get that dirty on the air. Jeez. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> so, Angel, what is your hard drive capacity load? I'm just saying that I bet it's in the terabytes, and I bet... Oh, it's in the terabytes. It's, it's high up there, Nancy. It's in the terabytes, all right? Aye, it's aye, high aye. up there. She's got some, he's got some good terabytes on him, yeah. And oh, guess what? Goodness. It's on an enclosure case. <laughs> and it's solid state, right? Solid. State. Oh, constantly twenty four seven solid state. I'm expecting oh. him to go. It's hydromatic. Then there's another piece which is internal. And we're also, not even going to talk about terabytes. being circumscribed. No, no, we don't do any of that stuff. No, no, Come I on, said it could be grease lightning. Come on, get it though. I said scribe. Oh, I got, not, it. I got yeah. it. I got it. Yeah, that was no, pretty clever. It. Considering. That Considering. That's the second. That might be the second funniest thing you've ever said under Nancy Brinson. Oh it dices. Yeah. It slices. So it circumcises. It's the Ginju knife. <laughs> oh, it's the Moyle knife. Oh. Oh, Ginju, Ginju, not Ginsu, Ginju. Oh, Ginju, oh. yeah. Well, right. just uh, speaking of which, uh, did Bob on your show last week? Was he on last week, Bob Morningstar? Was your Was your guest? I yes. think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like and that. didn't he get a little bit? Uh, I want to say... Tipsy? Uh, no, toward the far end, far edge, when it comes to... Well, he loves Trump. I mean, that's that much is yes. being clear. Yes, okay, there you go. He's a and... Trump supporter. That much yes. is clear as day. The man is 100% behind Donald Trump and that amazing set of hair that he has on his head. Well, if it turned out... That alien Trump, being that he has on the top of his head. Go ahead. Right. And if it turned out that Donald Trump wasn't worth what he said he's worth, would that severely impact your feelings about him? If it turned out that he's... You know, it's so inflated, it's hilarious. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's inflated. I mean, look at his face. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> My God, that dude's inflated. A lot of silicone on that face. But you're actually going to go into a voting booth if you were to do Nancy, something. do you yeah. really believe that? Yeah, I don't. I don't vote anymore either. That's the honest truth. I just, I, I've given up. It's all a big lie, Nancy. Yeah, but big that's crazy because uh, young, young people should should just do it. Just in fact, they may make it a national holiday as early as this year. You know, they really need to because I, it's kind I, of a, yeah. it's a pain in the ass to have to go out from Absolutely. your job and leave your job and lie to them. Yeah, I'm going to go to lunch for about five hours because that's how long it's going to take to actually vote. I mean, it should be a major party, like at Hooters or someplace, like or yo, I'd totally go out and vote. All those places, Hooters, you I'd know, vote yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'm having my chicken wings with my vote. And you, you realize <laughs> chicken wings and voting, chicken wings and voting. Yeah. 
<laughs> but actually, I, well, yeah, that, I have. See, pro- see, Donald, have that Donald things, I, I will not. You, you present Donald, a candidate worth voting for, and I'll, I'll look, do look, maybe. Donald Trump. That is how you make America great again: chicken wings <laughs> and voting together. That's right. Boom. Wow. Make it happen, Donald. You make that happen, you got my vote. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to and have a single like Mayo bowl of, uh, on the second floor. I'll vote for you. There you go. Cinco de Mayo, the taco bowl that he had. Yeah, he loves his. Yeah, he loves Hispanics. He, lo- he loves. Us. <laughs> and he loves the undereducated. Hey, what are you trying to say, there, Nancy? Well, no, he said those are his very words. <laughs> I love the he's other. The other. He's got all the words. He just, he's got all the words. <laughs> he's got all the words. <laughs> Seriously, I love the Hispanics. I love the blacks. I love the under undereducated. I love the whites. I love the Jews. I love everybody. He's a he's a loving guy. Yeah. <laughs> he just loves people. This, oh, Donald Trump is he is Santa Claus. He loves you. He loves everybody. <laughs> Slap a beard and a fat suit on him. That is Santa Claus. Oh God. Oh, God, <laughs> you know he's already this looking at it. Hey, talking. hey, this is all angel. Hey, he's, he's already look. Look, Donald Trump is already looking at us, and he's saying ho, ho, ho. Hey, so hey, you hey, might you as know, well we have, put on a suit. There are plenty of people who listen to the show that like Donald Trump. That 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 one show that we did where we bashed Donald Trump, we actually were spoken to in our Facebook page. There was a listener who was very upset with us for oh, saying yes, mean yes, things yes. about Donald Trump. He did not like it. No, I'll tell you what, from everybody running, Donald Trump is the only one that I kind of like say, yeah, I'd vote for him if I was actually to go out and vote. Mm, I wonder. Because he is the only one that said some things that are actually true politically. I mean, and, and he's also said a lot of things that are not true. You know, there's that too. But then again, when is when has it been that politicians don't lie? Because they, know, such, they all lie. It was such lie. a sad state of affairs that we just right? accepted that. You know, didn't that just you know? speak aloud? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm used to the bullshit. I, it's been going on my whole life. I've been lied to my whole life by politicians. So why should Donald Trump be any different? At least he sugarcoats it, makes it look nice and pretty. Yeah, but see, you know, he you, shines you're, it you're, up. you're hanging Hillary up because she lies. No, but I'm hanging Hillary up because her lies cost lives. No, not like, not like, not like. I am, I'm like, cursing, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, look, I'm dead serious. I, I am completely against Hillary because not only that, because she flip-flops on things like NAFTA. I'm, I'm against Hillary okay, because of Benghazi. Okay, with things like NAFTA. It's crazy, I'll tell you why. No, it's not, because when she's a two-faced a, liar. No, but when you start, when you create a complicated In a completely like that, different way than Donald Trump. He's just funny. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess. Look, I'd love to have a woman president, but, uh. I can't. Uh, I can't support her. I just can't. Here's the thing. What if it was uh, Sarah Palin versus Hillary Clinton? Oh my ah. God! Ah. <laughs> What's going on? I am moving to Canada. If that was the case, folks. I, you know, my 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 hope for humanity it really teeter totters because I try to be woo woo. I really, I really, really do. I read a lot of wonderful things about people doing amazing things on this planet, and then I watch a Sarah Palin video, and then I watch, <laughs> it's not that I watch the video. It's that I watch people cheering for her. It's right. it's, it's kind of how I feel when I watch people cheering for Donald. They're like, yeah, I want the guy who is signing titties at a freaking presidential election president right. that's the guy you want like, what, yeah. what is going on what what happened to <laughs> this is what happens when we are lied to our entire lives this is what happens when you go bush hillary obama you know this then all of a sudden we're like i want the guy who's signing titties i want him mm. true that's what happens true, true. 
Works for me. Guys, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have our guest on. Grant Cameron uh, hasn't uh, answered me. I've been trying to get a hold of him for the last hour and a half. So oh, hopefully no. he's, And he's on Skype, so hopefully nothing bad's happened. But we're going to go on break for a minute. We have, uh, we're have we doing on break. Uh, when we come back, hopefully Grant is with us, and we're going to talk about a bunch of uh, you know paranormal and ufology-based stuff. So stick around. This is Skywatchers Radio. Estábamos con Nancy Burns en la experiencia de Nancy Burns. They would say uh-huh. that in Spanish in the chat room, Nancy. Hola. I repeat it. It was funny. <laughs> La experiencia de Nancy Burns. Ah, uh, siesta. 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 I pity the fool who turns off the radio. Skywatchers Radio will be back. Guaranteed. Don't go anywhere. Who? Right, Everybody. I'll be back in a sec. Um... Flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rodgers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a... A short little Cuban fellow, kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio right here on PSN Radio. And as promised, he made it. He's here. Grant Cameron, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate your your interest in uh, the stuff I may be doing. 
you know what? I've actually uh, been interested in the stuff you've been doing for a very long time, and especially the political stuff. We were just talking about Hillary Clinton, and funny, funny enough, uh, you know, we want to talk about this with you because we know that you have a lot of information about this particular presidential candidate. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, had given it all up. I had actually given away the famous Rockefeller Initiative documents that I got in 2001 from the Clinton administ- administration. And I figured, well, the president's never going to tell you so this is a waste of time. And I, I actually gave all the documents away, and I was on doing consciousness stuff. And then Hillary opened her mouth, and uh, I got dragged back down the rabbit hole. So uh, who, I actually who, did ha- you, who did you give them to? I gave them to Joe Bookman in uh, Salt Lake City, the guy who uh, helped uh, with the citizens' hearing, who was one of the moderators for the citizens' hearing, and ran for the Independence Party uh, for president and stuff like that. So he's got him in a safe, but they're they're around. Like they're um, Steve Bassett has them on his website and stuff. I didn't really realize the significance of the uh, Rockefeller Initiative documents for many years. But Steve Bassett mm-hmm. kept telling me this was, you know, significant. And uh, and and then when I found the two Hillary Clinton documents in the Rockefeller files, uh, that's when Steve hadn't seen that, and he sort of got excited about. Uh, so that's why he's saying now that. Uh, Hillary can't make it to the White House unless she talks about the Rockefeller Initiative as if she's not talking about it. And she has talked about it. Uh, I don't know if you know, um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, No, it was um, Rob Simone talked to her in 2007 at a uh, Hillary Clinton fundraiser in Los Angeles and uh, $1,000 a plate dinner that he got the tickets from somebody else. And he asked her about the Rockefeller Initiative, and she didn't deny anything. She said, yeah, I, I was there, and uh, you know, I, I, sent, I took the material to the president, which is the, the most significant part of the whole thing. Uh, and I've tried to tell this. Uh, I've been interviewed twice by, uh, at length by Washington Post, Associated, uh, uh, the Associated Press and Fox and all this kind of stuff. And I've always, I always talked to them about these two documents, and nobody really seems to care. Like the last time I talked to the Washington Post, the guy said, well, what's the big deal? If the first lady's interested in UFOs, what's the big deal? And I said, well, mm-hmm. the big deal is there's nothing going on. That's the official government position. And mm-hmm. suddenly you've got Hillary Clinton, according to these Rockefeller Initiative documents, uh, these two things that everything that was going from Rockefeller to the science advisor – and everything from the science advisor back to Rockefeller was going through the first lady's office. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the significance of this is, um, I don't know if you're, you've ever talked about um, Ron Pandolfi, the CIA guy who um, is supposed to be the, the running the weird desk and who does the briefings of the president and stuff like that. Right, right. No. Ron, Ron Pandolfi, uh, he had talked to, uh, of course, uh, Dan Smith was always trying to get him to talk. And in 2000, Dan Smith was was trying to pressure him to do a briefing for uh, President Bush. And it was at that point he makes this famous statement that Dan Smith had confirmed on Coast to Coast uh, where Pandolfi says the presidents can't be players. We tell them what they need to know and hope we don't have to put them down. And I said, well, you know, this is significant because, I mean, did he get arrested for this? No. Did he get reprimanded? As far as I know, no. And the the key is that that's the cover story. 
they want you to think that they, they whack Kennedy. They want you to think that uh, this is the president doesn't know what's going on because that's the cover story. And this is what I sort of discovered. And this is how the Hillary thing fits in with the Rockefeller Initiative documents is if you look at the Rockefeller Initiative, you look at Stephen Greer, you look at Edgar Mitchell, you look at um, uh, Rockefeller, nobody got to the president. Stephen Greer claimed he right. did, but, but when yeah. I looked at the documents in the in the Clinton Library, it clearly says all the rock, uh, the, the documents were there. It was maybe uh, there was nine hundred pages, and of that, with two thirds, it was Stephen Greer sending all these you know all these documents and stuff. Yep. And 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 on the document, it clearly says on the front cover page, "President did not read." So mm-hmm. he says that he got to the president, but he didn't get to the president. He had people claiming that they had talked to the president on his behalf, the same as he claimed that he gave this. Um, uh, briefing to uh, John Podesta's lawyer to go to Obama. But the, the key is, uh, according to Pandolfi, is the presidents can't be players. Mm-hmm. And the reason the president can't be players is because he's the Wizard of Oz. He's running the cover-up. And mm-hmm. you can't have him interf- uh, talking with Rockefeller or Edgar Mitchell or anybody else trying to get to the president. And that was Hillary's role. And that's what she told uh, Rob Simone, that I talked to the president. So everything is going from uh, Rockefeller to the science advisor and through Hillary's office. And Hillary is taking it to the president. And unofficially, the president is is off the record. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going on because he's getting it through Hillary. So that was her significant role was to provide cover for the president. And if you look at the Rockefeller Initiative, uh, when he he goes to the Clinton White uh, – not to the um, – Bill Clinton and and uh, you said it right the first time. Bill, you know Clinton. Nut. Yeah, Clinton and and Hillary go to the Rockefeller Ranch. You remember this in August of 1995 for their holidays. Right, and they're, right. They're doing the rafting and the tenting and stuff because yep. Dick Dick Morris told them the swing boaters are all uh, people into camping and stuff like this. So he's trying to win the swing boaters. So they go to Rockefeller's ranch and and Bill doesn't want to be there. He's just furious. Um, according to Marie Galbraith, and I heard this from uh, Antonio Huneus, who helped write the. Uh, the report that Rockefeller put out, she said absolutely for a fact, Bill Clinton was not at the briefing. Only Hillary was there. Mm-hmm. And so you, to look at this whole thing is why Bill was at the ranch, but he did not attend Rockefeller's little uh, little spiel. And that is because, according to Ron Pandolfi, the presidents can't be players. They, and, they, and who was Ron, Ron Pandolfi again? What well, Ron Pandolfi is the is supposedly the guy that runs the weird desk. He's the he, <clears throat> New York Times had called him the top scientist in the CIA in 1996. So he's the guy that when um, they knew Rockefeller was coming to the Clinton White House, the science advisor Gibbons asks for a briefing from the CIA because he doesn't know what's going on. So he, he, of course, that's the first thing he wants to know is Rockefeller's coming to talk about UFOs. So he tasks the CIA to give him a briefing on UFOs so he can deal with Rockefeller. And the, the briefing goes to Ron Pandolfi. Now, Ron Pandolfi gives the briefing. This is a story that uh, I've told on my website. He gives the story, the, the, the whole briefing to Bruce Maccabee the day before the briefing is supposed to occur in, I think it was uh, March of 1993. And Bruce tells the story about how he's got 24 hours to put this briefing together. And he's up all night and he faxed this thing in at 8 o'clock and, and the briefing had been moved to 7.30. So he, he, he never did see his briefing. They saw another briefing that, that had been done. But um, the reason that Pendolfi didn't do it 
and this is this is recorded. There's it's actually in the Rockefeller Initiative documents the conversation between him and and Scott Jones. It, the reason he didn't do it is because the CIA is not into UFOs, so he can't do a UFO briefing because it's going to become public. And you know the Rockefeller stuff's all going to be co- become public. So right. he tells he tells uh, Bruce Maccabee says, "Well, we really don't have the documents, and we really uh, uh, don't have time for this. So can you do it?" So Bruce Maccabee does what he thinks is a briefing, which is really nothing. It's like the Rockefeller thing it's like Stephen Greer's briefing to Wosley it means absolutely nothing right when a person from the street goes in a briefing is when I talk to Dick Cheney I right. asked Cheney in all your jobs in government were you ever briefed on the subject of UFOs if right. so and was it and what were you told which means did someone walk into your office and say Mr. Cheney this is a top secret briefing code name whatever whatever sign here this is the briefing and they tell you the truth of what's actually going on right. that's the briefing so uh, the Rockefeller there was a claim that Rockefeller gave a briefing he didn't Stephen Greer didn't give a briefing to Wosley they're using all these people off the street to, to cover and nobody got to the present and that's the, the significant part uh, of Hillary's role during the White House days, and she confirmed this. And and one of the, the keys to this news story is that people are saying, well, you know, Hillary's sort of keeping the secret and stuff about the Rockefeller Initiative. Nobody's asked her. And the other thing that I think people have wrong here is they say, okay, Hillary's talking about it because she wants this vote or she wants that vote. Or, yeah, guilty. That's what we were what, saying about earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. The The key thing is Hillary did not bring it up. Hillary has never brought up the UFO subject. If she had well, not, some of it, these shows though are scripted, like Jimmy Kimmel. You know, they, they talk about what they're going to talk about before. But but, but maybe but she if, has told them, "Hey, Jimmy, ask me about the UFO stuff." We never know. Well, it, it, that's possible, but we don't know that for sure. But we know. We, I know for Damon Steer. I know Damon Steer. I just talked to the Charlemagne from um, from the uh, New York City radio station when he asked her. And uh, basically, she was asked four times about UFOs. She has never brought it up in a speech. She has never said, I promise to do this. She's never, uh, it's not on her, her platform stuff. Uh, she was asked four times about it. And I say that there's a good chance that if she had not been asked about it, the subject would not have came, come out, which gives, gives to the most important part of the whole story. And I keep saying people, because I put a lot of this stuff on uh, the latest, you know, the White House questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I put it on Facebook. And the Hillary haters are on there immediately. And I say, yes. you know. I, and I always say the same thing. I say, don't watch the puppet. Watch the puppet master. Forget about what Hillary Clinton's saying. Who cares what Hillary Clinton's saying? This is the last thing she really wants to be, be talking about because it really doesn't get you any votes. It could actually sink the whole ship, as you saw with with um, uh, Kucinich in 2007 when sure. when uh, 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 Shirley MacLaine outed him. For seeing mm-hmm. this UFO at her house and getting this voice in his head with a message, and his his campaign <laughs> yeah. was over the minute he yeah. But see, but the, the difference there, but the difference there was he said he saw a UFO and he heard a voice in his head. Hillary's well, just saying, hey, if there's something there, I'll tell you guys. But if it's national security threats, eh, I'm not going to say a word. Yeah, it's a little bit different than I hear a voice in my head and well, I saw a ship. He would never admit that he saw the voice. The voice. He just said, I saw a UFO. Jimmy Carter saw a UFO. What's the big deal? Right. You know, well, you but but it killed this campaign. So when this when the the important thing about this thing is you've got to watch the puppet master. And I've been talking That's about very true. This for, yeah. for a year. When John Podesta did the famous tweet in February of last year, I knew something was up. I I knew because um, mm. he basically he this is the last day of the Obama administration. And we know that he's he's big into UFOs. We know that he was like uh, he had his institute, the the Center for American Progress, 
40 mm-hmm. people from his institute are in the the Obama administration. He is right. yep. a very, very powerful guy. He is the guy on the Hillary Clinton campaign. He has the Correct. first and last word on everything in the campaign. So when he says to this reporter, Hillary Clinton gets interviewed by this reporter. I can't remember her name. is as a video thing. And she doesn't ask about UFOs or anything. And Hillary does this interview. And John tweets. He says, good interview. Next time you interview her, ask her about the aliens. And wow. that's what you got to watch. Forget about right. the puppy. Forget about what Hillary's saying. you got to watch what's going on behind the scenes. And the key thing is, if you saw with, with Kucinich, his campaign went downhill as soon as that happened. This is a toxic issue. It has always been a toxic issue. And so when John Podesta says to her, ask her about the aliens, he's running the campaign. And, and anyway, Okay, but uh, here's the thing, though. Why would he do that if it's a toxic I- issue and it, it might well, sink exactly, the campaign? This is the point. Why with, would he do this? <laughs> because when, I, when he did it, I said, everything in a campaign is polled. Everything. I mean, they go to the bathroom. They, I mean, when can you go to the bathroom? Everything is pulled. They, they, they put their finger up and see which wind the way, the way the wind is blowing. They have all these, uh, these groups where they put ideas in front of them to see how they react and they, they're all this kind of stuff. So when John Podesta brings it up, it means he's pulled the issue because he's running the thing. This is a, like a multi-billion dollar campaign that he could sink instantly. He would not have brought it up unless he had pulled it. He must have known that this, this was going to be a, an issue that would work. So he says to her, ask about the aliens. And, of course, nobody does until she goes to um, New Hampshire and she talks to Damon Steer. And that's when she says, John, I promised John that I would do this. And And John, the whole deal with him is – he he doesn't he doesn't not running for government. He's he's basically just a, a Clinton supporter. He was with Bill when he walked into the White House. He said I was there when the day he walked out. He's uh, been an advisor to both the, the Clintons, and so she made a promise to him that she would do this. Now he said clearly told mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tom Tom DeLong. Who's not running around telling this story that he's got, you know, high level people are telling him what's going on and he's putting it in fiction books and nonfiction books and stuff like that. And he's, he's clearly said that Podesta was one of the people that he phoned and Podesta said, I'll get back to you. And two months later, he phones mm. back and he says, okay, I, I'm game. I'll, I'll do this. So Podesta is this smart guy. He's the smartest guy in the room. He's the most powerful Democrat in the country. And so when he's doing this, you gotta, you gotta look very carefully at what he's saying. And I, I knew something was up as soon as this started. And that tweet came up, the famous tweet. The last day he leaves the Obama administration, he says, my biggest disappointment of 2014, which is when he was at the Obama administration, was I still didn't get UFO disclosure, which indicated to me clearly that he had talked to Obama and he wanted Obama to disclose. And Obama, for whatever reason, said, no, I can't, I can't do it. So he covers himself. Because the Washington Post had told him that when you leave, the, the FOIA guys are going to file stuff about your your correspondence with, with Obama, about UFOs and X-Files and stuff. So he puts it on the record. I, I, I talked to Obama indirectly saying I did. And then he, he, he tweets or he, he copies the, the tweet to Maria Dowd. And I didn't know this. Steve Bassett brought this up. So you watch these tweets and you watch what John Podesta is doing and you see it's very carefully orchestrated. This is not just something that he just sat down and just tweeted this thing out. It's, this is carefully planned. And, and so Steve Bassett told me this and I said, well, why would he copy her? And she's a major reporter for the New York Times. And New York Times is always very conservative, not into UFOs or whatever. And it wasn't until maybe four months ago, I finally found out why he had he copied her on this tweet. And that is in 1997, there was two Roswell reports done. 
for Bill Clinton. The first one didn't have the bodies, and then Bill Clinton says if there's, you know, if they did find bodies, they didn't tell me about it, and I want to know. So they do this second Roswell report, and that's when they say we drop these dummies. These six-foot wooden dummies with Air Force uniforms and parachutes, and we dropped them out, and and people got confused with 1947 with you know four-foot gray aliens or whatever. So Marie Dowd writes this article in the New York Times when that when that story broke and said this proves it's for real. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. So she's a pro UFO person inside the New York Times, and he copies her on this tweet. So you can see, if you start watching what Podesta's doing, you can see that this is all very carefully orchestrated. And what I say has happened, I call it the John Podesta box. He has built a box that the, that the, um, He's wanted disclosure for a long time, and he's built this box that I don't, I can't see them getting out of. Because what he did is he got Hillary Clinton in the, the Las Vegas interview. You'll see that he talks in the Las Vegas interview. He said, I think I convinced her, which means I talked to Clinton, and he, I couldn't get him to do it. I talked to Obama. I couldn't get him to do it. But I think I've convinced Hillary to do it. And then Hillary comes out and says, I promised John I would do this. So mm-hmm. she's in this situation now where once she gets elected, she has to make a statement. And it comes back to the official statement of the White House is there are no ETs visiting here and there is no cover up. So she's basically confirmed that she's going to sit down. And what John said is she has to sit down and weigh this out. Take a look at the material, which goes back to my contention that the president can't be a player, that the president has everything. And I can go through the five constitutional reasons why the president is in, in control. The president knows what's going on. And so he's, he basically says she'll sit down, she'll look at it, and if it's not national security, she will release as much as she can. And John Podesta is on the record, and he said clearly, quote, there are classified documents that can be declassified. And he was chief of staff for Bill Clinton for three years. And according to Dick Cheney, who was chief of staff and also vice president, he said the chief of staff has more power than the vice president. He's the second most powerful person in the White House behind the president. So he's this very powerful person. And he said there are classified documents that can be declassified, which goes completely counter to the official government statement. So now Hillary's in a position where she has to make a statement. So even if she says, well, I can't release it because of national security, it still confirms the fact there's a cover-up. And you can see this if you look at the questions that are being asked by the, by the White House press corps. You see this thing where suddenly the, the, the major media has suddenly realized this may be for real. And they're, they're asking these serious questions. Like the one guy was from Associated Press. The one guy was from ABC. And these people are asking these questions. You can tell by the way they're asking the questions that they really believe now there's something. And that's what I said. Once the press realizes that the president has been briefed on this subject, it's not long before this cover-up ends. And you can even see the press, the press secretary when he's asked, what's the deal? Is, is this real? Are there actually aliens? He said, well, there are some quite, there are some things that the press secretary doesn't know. And he said, you should ask Obama about this. And he said, that would, that would really be good. And everybody starts to laugh. So Obama, the next press conference Obama has, these people are sitting in wait for him. And the key is Obama has never denied it. He's always walked around it with a joke. So the, and the, the situation has changed. It's not, 
like in 1997, the last time that the new, the White House press corps asked a question was during the, the, the Webster Hubble thing in 1997 when he came out with his book and said Bill Clinton had asked him to go and look into UFOs. Before, right. uh, he's putting him into justice. Right. And right. before then, it was 1954, January of 1954, when Eisenhower was asked about UFOs, mm-hmm. that this has not happened. And now you've had three questions in the last week and very serious questions. You have a New York Times, uh, uh, story that played it straight and you have this very famous interview with with um, uh, Tepper from CNN, where he interviews John Podesta, and you can see at the end of this interview where he says to him, is, is, "Are you saying this is for real?" And then he, and Podesta says, "Well, we'll see what 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 happens when the document when we look through the when Hillary goes through the documents." And he said, "Are there extraterrestrials visiting here?" And then he says. I'll just say there are a lot of planets out there. So when you get this highly powerful guy stonewalling questions, you get the, you could see it in, in Tapper's voice. It was like, holy shit, this is for real. <laughs> it, it's actually, and that's you can hear the same thing if you watch those those two news conferences, mm-hmm. one on the tenth and one on the sixteenth. You can see these reporters have actually suddenly realized the president has been briefed, yep. knows something, and and it's like the the blood is in the water. And I'm saying it's not going to be long because they're not going to give up. This is not something where uh, people are making jokes and it's just going to slide away. Uh, I think the major media, and that's what has changed here, the major media believe, has suddenly realized that the president knows something and there's there may be a story here. And, and so you see everybody going after this story. And it's not so much the Hillary story. It's the whole deal about is is this story for real? Mm. Well, here's here's my question then. Why? Because you briefly mentioned that you know the only reason that Podesta probably brought this up is because he ran a poll. Is that it? Is that why he suddenly? Because he, he's obviously you know. No, that's just a cover story for, for right. Well, if he's the one pushing this, then my question is, why is he pushing this? Well, Podesta, like as I said, Podesta is not running for government. He's not interested in running for government. He has only one interest. He's what's called. A Madison man. He's on. He's 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 a big fan of James Madison. And what he says is he's very much into open government. He made three major speeches. One is at Princeton. If you look at John John Podesta, Princeton University secrecy. Uh, he did one uh, at Cal. Um, on the um, on the on the West Coast, and then he did one for the CIA. And if you look at these speeches, especially the Princeton speech where he talks about secrecy, he talks about. Balancing national security versus what he calls unthinking secrecy, and he, and he's a Madison guy. And Madison said, and he, he the, the one of the Library of Congress buildings, it's written on the outside of the building. This whole idea, and John Podesta says he's believing in open government. That's his number one issue. That's his his key to life is open government. He says you cannot govern. You can't. Your vote is useless unless you know what the government is doing. Your ability to vote is it's, it's useless. If you don't know what the government's doing, you're wasting your vote. And he, so that's why he said you have to have open government. And that's what you'll see Hillary saying. Hillary, here's Hillary saying, oh, I really don't know if it's for real. I, John asked me to do this and I just want open government. So she's, she's given the, the John Podesta lines. He's convinced her that we need open government. We need openness. And he did the same thing with, with, uh, uh, Bill Clinton. When Bill Clinton was in, what they tried to do, there was this famous 1995 executive order where they said anything over 25 years has has to be declassified unless you've got a very good reason for declassifying it. And I think the hope was that the UFO stuff would come out. And for some reason, they were able to to evade this stuff. But one billion pages of documents were declassified 
because of that 1995 executive order. In 1994, and this is Podesta was behind this as well, I'm pretty sure, they, they declassified all the World War II records. It was like 10% of everything in the, in the National Archives was, was declassified at the stroke of a pen. And that's what uh, another thing that's part of this story, the big part of the story that people don't realize. People say, you'll hear these stories. Oh, some guy, he's got, 50, he's got 15 levels above the president, uh, security clearance, whatever. Right. Clearly, the president does not have a security clearance. All security, all classifications are not done by law. When I realized this, I, it just like the, the bells went off. It was clear what was going on. It is not done by law. Everybody thinks it's done by law. It's not done by law. Everything. It was started in 1940 by Roosevelt. All security, top secrets restricted, all the classifications, all the, the contractor security, all the, the codes, who gets security clearances is all run by executive order. And there's only one person who does executive orders. That's the mm. president of the United States. It's all done by executive order. And that's how in 1994, Bill Clinton could, with a stroke of a pen, declassify 10% of everything in the National Archives. Mm. He decides. It's just the president has, up till now, there's been 13 presidents have dealt with the UFO issue. And they've all done the same thing, exactly the same thing, which means they all believed they could not, for whatever reason, declassify this whole thing. And I say that inside the government... The president and all the people around, because Hillary's talked about this. She said, there ha- if I don't get unanimous consent or something to mm-hmm. this, this effect. So she's going to talk with a bunch of people as to whether they're going to release this. At high levels of government like this, if this was illegal, like you always hear this story. And I believe this is on my web, my, most of my website has all this stuff that it's not true. People believe that that. It's illegal, it's unconstitutional, and everybody's just going along with this. And I say, absolutely not. Thirteen presidents have done this, and everybody has played the game. All the presidents have done the same thing, and all the high-level people, national security advisor, uh, chief of staff, uh, secretary of defenses, uh, head of the justice, everything in black ops has to be signed off by the head of the Justice Department. And the key story I tell, if you believe that that everybody's just going to sit back and let the Constitution be overridden, Obama was a senior lecturer at the University of Chicago. He's a constitutional lawyer. Most of these people at the top are very much into the Constitution. And if you take a look at and the story I tell, is in, 19, 19, in 2004, 9-11 happened, and Bush made the decision to turn the satellites internal to see if it could pick up uh, terrorists inside the United States. So he started monitoring US, U.S. communication, people's phone calls, uh, you know, Internet data, all this kind of stuff. And the head of the Justice Department, Ashcroft, had the thing, and he said, I will not sign this. It is illegal. I'm not signing off on this. And at the same time, he has this appendix attack, and he ends up in the hospital. And the story's told. You can look it up. Bush sends two of his top guys to the, to the, to the uh, hospital. And Ashcroft is like near death. He's in intensive care. And they say, we need, the president needs you to sign off on this, that it's legal. And, and then he just says, I'm no longer the attorney general. And he points over at Combi, who's now the CIA director right now. He says, he points at Combi, and Combi just shakes his head. No, I'm not signing it either. So they go storming out, and they go back to the White House, and then they phone up Combi, and they say, we want you here right away. You've got a meeting with the president. He said, well, first I'm getting a lawyer, and I'm, I'm getting a lawyer for a witness. And they say, are you refusing to, to meet with the president of the United States? He said, no, I'm not refusing, but I'm getting a lawyer for a witness. He goes there, and he says, I will not sign off on this. This is illegal. It's unconstitutional, and I'm not going to do it. 
He resigns. He puts in his resignation. Ashcroft puts in his resignation. The head of the FBI puts in his resignation. Twelve people in the Justice Department all put in their resignation and say, no, we are not going to, we are not going to sign off on this. So what I say is if, if, if inside the government, if people believe that what was being done with the UFO situation was illegal and unconstitutional, somebody would walk. Nobody has walked. The same as with Trump. You see this issue with the Republicans now not wanting to back Trump, these high-level Republicans. Yep. And if you take a look at what, what, what uh, the, the head of the, the, the House said, they asked him, why wouldn't you do it? He said, because a number of the things that, that, that Trump is saying are illegal and unconstitutional. And that's what I say. People are in the government. They may be totally deluded. But it's the old story. Everybody thinks they're saving the world. Everybody, whether it's Bush or I say, do you believe that George Bush Sr. gets up every morning, goes to the office with a picture of his grandchildren and great grandchildren and kids and stuff and, you know, stuff like that and says, you know, I got to figure out a way to destroy the world. They all think they're saving the world. Everybody thinks they're, it's, it's legal and constitutional. Now, they may be deluded as to what's going on, but th- this comes personally, down... Personally, I think the Bush family are just trying to profit from the world. Well, yeah, that's, been doing that's, that for that's his idea. You save the world <laughs> yeah. by having the Bushes have all the money. So, exactly. I mean, that, they can be deluded, but they all still think they're saving the world. The same as ISIS thinks they're saving the world. In their own crooked Everybody thinks they're saving the world. And so, th- I say, and that the, re- the way I sort of came to this realization before was, I go to all the presidential libraries, and I start looking for these documents, and I go, like, for example, I'll give you an, I, I, an example. I go to the Eisenhower Library, and I say, okay, I file all my FOAs, I'm, I'm, all my requests for different documents, or whatever, and I'm booked there for a week. But two hours later, I'm finished because there are no documents there. And I'm going, oh, they come here for a week. Like, what the heck am I going to do for a week? So then I start reading, and, and these are very interesting, the, the what are called oral histories. So what happens in, in the White House is, is that when you leave, say you're the chef. So you, you, you're, you're the chef and you leave the White House to go get another job or whatever. So they interview you as you leave and you say, what was it like to work for the president? What was his favorite meal? Did he ever come at, you know, three o'clock in the morning to get something to eat? And all these questions. And they do these oral histories. So I would read these oral histories for a week because I had nothing else to do. And I would read all the major oral histories of the big, be evil people like Kissinger and Rumsfeld and all these guys. And I would right, read right. Their, their things on things that I knew, things that they had done. And I would read their explanation as they were being interviewed and I go, yeah, that makes sense. I can see why he would do that. And I lost this idea that there was these evil people. Like when when you read their stuff, it it sort of it sort of made sense. And that's where you start getting this 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 um, you know, thing where, for example, the the Eisenhower, the the famous speech about beware the military industrial complex. It right. was it when I started to look at that because I was interested in the speech, and they had it indexed, and there were six people oral histories that talked about this speech, and that's when I realized it had nothing to do with UFOs. It was mm-hmm. clearly it said beware the military industrial right. congressional complex and what it was was the the famous one is is told about the abrams tanks the there was an article written called tanks but no thanks and the army had said quit building our tanks we don't want any more tanks but what had happened was that congressional people would make deals so you'd get say the a1 tank would be built in your district and then when it came time for the the to stop building tanks you couldn't shut it down because you had a congressman or a senator who would block it and you that's what he was warning about was these deals between congressmen and senators that you you, you couldn't stop it once it had started and and i found that by going to these oral histories and that was milton eisenhower the sort of the main advisor to the president all these people talked about it and they all mentioned this thing about it. And they pulled the word congressional out of the speech because they didn't want Eisenhower to to uh, go after Congress, to sort of insult Congress. So they pulled that out of the speech. And now it's interpreted as this, you know, sort of thing where 
you know, the, the cabals taking over and I have lost my power. I'm a Firestar general, but I, I really don't have any power. So I found a lot by this whole thing. And, and so what I concluded is that the, the Hillary will sit down. She will be able to access all the material. She has no, the president doesn't have a security clearance because they don't need a security clearance. And she will get all the material and then she will make the decision. And she's in a box because even if she decides that she can't really release anything, she still has to, is in a position where she's going to confirm there is a cover up and the, the media is, is onto this thing. And I don't think it may even last till Hillary. I think Obama may be under so much pressure. Because the way they're asking the questions, they're determined that they, they've sort of realized they've been taken for a ride and that the president knows and they're going after the president to find out what does he actually know. Because Obama, if you look at all the statements, and I've recorded all his statements, he's made a lot of statements on UFOs. He has never denied it. He's just made jokes about it and he's sort of walked around it and stuff like right, that. Right, right. But he's, ne- he's never denied it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't in part of uh, the campaign when he ran for president. Part of what he said about UFOs was that he's more worried about the people on Earth and space. Being that was yeah, was, that was right. Before, that was before he's president, but those really don't right. count. No, no, but that's no. That was actually yeah. during the the first election, I believe, where we made that comment. Yeah, that was uh, which it got a, a good pop from the crowd. People were like, "Oh, this guy really cares about human beings." He yeah, really and, does. And he probably at that point didn't even believe in it. I mean, he just right. You know, uh, now, here's a, standard, Grant, standard. here's a question though. Grant, here's a question though. Yeah. If if what you're saying is true, then Bill Clinton knows. Hillary Clinton obviously knows. Uh, all these people know. Yeah. So the fact that Hillary Clinton is saying, well, there's something there, and I see something there, I'll tell you if it's not a thing. I mean, this is all a charade. It's all, it's all a game. Yeah, because it's classified. It's it. it they're already going it, after it. It is. They're not going to tell us anything regardless. No, 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 but it doesn't matter what they tell you anything. If she says it's national security, I can't release it, it confirms the cover-up. Right. Well, that's it's, the wink-wink. Podesta has know? built this box that they can't get out of. He's wanted disclosure for so long, and he's he's Hillary's going to be the pawn in this game. But but Hillary's in a they're in a situation where you you have to, for example, Bill. You had this analysis done by Ben Hansen of of Bill talking about the fact I don't know what's going on. You know, I tried to get to the bottom of this thing, and he's lying through his teeth. You could tell. I mean, they, they went through yep, the analysis yep. how many times he was swallowing and, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that he really yeah. wasn't telling the truth to saying that uh-huh. he that he that he and and this Hillary already knows they're going after Hillary right now for top secret special access that we, uh, through her private email, and that is punishable. It's a class one felony, punishable by life in prison. Are this, you listening to that? Name? Nancy Burns. What's that? No, I'm asking Nancy. She's listening. Of course, to of course, of course, of course, I am. Because she's very, she's very defensive about Hillary Clinton, and I'm telling you, she has committed crimes that she belongs to be in prison for. Well, you know what? I haven't really, um, I haven't followed anything to a true crime. I haven't followed it close enough. Well, listen to I Grant here. Grant. Looking, Grant. But, but, but I didn't say it. What 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 has she done? What has she done? That's that's yeah. they haven't proved anything with the email stuff. I mean, her emails. How many people have got their emails uh, completely um, uh, out there? Where where every email that she's done? Well, is sort of- using government emails for your own personal email is against the law, supposedly. So that's right there, punishable. Do you really think that she can disclose? I mean, is it that no? Wouldn't wouldn't the layers of the cover up at this point be embarrassing? I mean, is there you know is there anything she can say? I mean, can she really come out? You know, there was you know there was an alien crash at Roswell. Well, John has already done it though. John has already done it. He said there are classified documents that can be declassified. He's actually done it already. 
The same as uh, Bill, it happens all the time and nobody listens. It happened. Uh, Ronald Reagan stood up after the ET was screened and, and we've got Spielberg telling the story and stood up and said, uh, you know, there's 39 people in the room. We know that. He said, I bet you, I bet you there aren't uh, half a dozen people in this room know that everything on that screen is absolutely true. <laughs> and, and then you get uh, Chase Brandon comes out, the second most powerful guy to speak publicly on behalf of the CIA. He comes out and he says, uh, uh, Roswell was real. It involved extraterrestrial bodies. And I can't tell you anymore. And the story gets a big hit for, you know, a couple of days and everybody just goes back to the, the cover up thing. I mean, they're disclosing this thing every time they turn around or Obama 2012. He's running in new, um, for reelection in 2012. He goes to Roswell and he tells the famous Roswell joke. Cause when you go to Roswell, you got to tell a joke. So he says, Oh, you know, the question is asked to me most by nine, 10 year old kids, Mr. President, what's the deal with Roswell? Is it real? what they say and then he says i tell the little kids you know if i told you that i'd have to kill you and he says oh and then right. could, their eyes get all big and everybody laughs and then he hesitates as he's going into the speech and he says we'll keep our secrets here you know what's crazy grant he used that same you know sentence uh with uh, will smith's son jaden smith when he met will smith and he met his son uh, apparently will smith's son is a big fan yeah. of the ufo subject and he asked him and he leaned over to ask him and he said i know what you're gonna ask about yeah. the ufos and aliens right and he said if there was something there, I'd have to kill you. I told you, or something like, you know, along those yeah, lines. Yeah, but Jaden Smith thing. himself is an alien. You can tell. I can. I agree with that. I 100 percent agree with that. Well, I should and clarify me... what he said. He he told this guy that's working for CNN now. I can't remember what the guy's name is. Uh, he's a, one of the panelists on CNN. They, he told him that I'll kill you because he said to him he interviewed Obama when he first came in. And he said, "My son wants to know what about the book of secrets? Uh, is there is there a book of secrets?" He said. Yeah, I've seen it, yes, but if but if I told you what was in it, I'd have to kill you. But Jaden Smith, what he said is to Jaden Smith is, I can neither confirm nor deny that extraterrestrials have visited the Earth. But if there they had go. visited the Earth, and if there had been a top-secret meeting, it would have taken place in this very room. And that's were, what it was. And, and they were in the Situation Room when that happened. And Jaden wow. went, yeah, yeah, I knew. And that's the key is Obama knew that was going public. He knew that that was, would get out. And that's why I'm saying they're, they're leaking this stuff all the time. Uh, Obama, even you know, with the thing with uh, when he gets on the Kimmel show, and because Ben Hansen had done the review on on Bill Clinton's reactions, Kimmel says to him, "You realize when I ask you, they're going to be watching everything you do." And Obama, he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know that," because he knows about the review that they're going to be watching how many times he swallows and stuff. And and that so when he asked them the question, Bill Clinton said he didn't get anything. What about you? What did what did you do when you got to the White House? And then he says. I can't reveal anything. And when he does that, Ben Hansen does the review. When he says, I can't reveal anything, it's high-def TV, and Ben Hansen is watching the lapel pin move up and down on Obama's chest, and he's breathing at 42 times a minute. He's hyperventilating when that question is asked. He's petrified. So you can see that that this is a, a, a thing where uh, if he didn't know anything, Obama would just say, there's nothing to it. There's no, there's no cover up. There's no ETs. He has never said that. He has always sort of walked around or said these things where, uh, we'll keep our secrets or I can't reveal anything. And so it'll be very interesting because these reporters, uh, and as I said, that's what's changed. The report is mm-hmm. not a joke anymore. These reporters believe there's a story here. And these are the top people like, you know, New York Times and stuff where they're, they're, they think there's a story and Obama is going to have to do a news conference and uh, like in the 97 thing, um, 
Deborah Oren from the New York Post was the one that asked the question uh, about uh, Webster Hubble, and he walked around. He said, "No, we gave that job to the alien. That was this Pelode, this alien thing that I was predicted who was going to win the presidency." He said, "No, we gave that job to the president. We gave that job to the alien." Uh, and then he, she said, "What is Mister? Is what Mister Hubble writes in his book true?" And then the, the press secretary says, "Oh, I won't comment on what private people write in their private books." And then Deborah Oren later in an interview said, "I sat there and waited for." the rest of the press corps to follow up and they just rolled over and played dead because they were they were worried about their 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 security or their 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 being pulled off their jobs and stuff like that they were worried about being you know staying in the white house that's not going to happen anymore the toxic issue is over now they realize there's a story and you're going to nobody's afraid to ask the question and so you had like on uh, a couple days ago on monday you had two questions you had and and they were serious questions it was like the, the woman even said to him you're not going to get off that easy and he said yeah okay just keep trying like as if we know this is there's something to this and so when obama comes up he could face like 10 or 12 questions, one after another, and heavily pressured questions, not where they, they're just waiting for a joke. It's, uh, like I said, we're, it's almost like we've, this is the first time we've been on the front pages of the newspaper since 1947. Then it was taken seriously, and then it was never taken seriously until a couple days ago when the New York Times did that article, and that's when it sort of, the, it went viral. And everybody's on it, and everybody's sort of taking it seriously, and everybody realizes they've been had. Now, how bad, I mean, how badly do you think it would look if Obama does not disclose it and Hillary comes up and is the one that discloses and, and opens up everything? Because, I mean, this would kind of like redeem Obama's administration a little bit, wouldn't it? Uh, well, I th- I can't – I still have the problem with, with them disclosing everything because anything is not – Or anything, really, at this point. Yeah, um that's the thing. It's a, it's a, that's why I say it's a slippery slope. Once the press realizes they've been had, which has now happened, right. and once the president makes any sort of movement, it's gonna it's gonna unravel very fast. Because I mean, it's like there's nothing going on, and then suddenly, well, yeah, there's uh, one or two little things here, and then I mean, really the, the the blood will be in the water, and the sharks will be swimming swimming to to take Obama out. Because how do you? That's a that's the problem with. Well, here's the thing, Grant, and this was a lead-in question. You led right into it, so I got to stop you right there. Yeah. Do you do you think that maybe there? Presidents, you know, because this is funny. You know, presidents, politicians, mayors, lawyers, every all these people, they're they're hired liars. Okay, they, they lie for a living. This is what they do. Yeah. So when you when you tell me that Obama starts breathing heavy when he's asked this question, a person who's a professional liar and this is what he does for a living, that tells me that this is not only you know deep, but this is like a very scary situation. Uh, what really might be going on that he knows, you know, the real scenario behind the whole thing. But but, I, but what I'm the difference is Bill Clinton. When you see Bill Clinton with the Hanson interview. You. No, but he's still he's, nervous, though. He's clear. He's clearly lying. Bill just, Bill yeah. just, he just lies. He just. Well, but, here, here, the but Obama is, doesn't lie. I, I maintain Obama has not lied. He's basically well, he hasn't lied, but he's avoided the uh, the. Well, he's avoided the issue. Guilty yeah. by right. omitting the but, truth. But but, 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 here, but here's the thing. But he why, is it that, but why is it that these people are so afraid of, of answering anyway? I mean, they should just if they're going to keep the cover up, just keep lying. Now, are they afraid that maybe if the truth comes out, are they going to get indicted? Is there going to be uh, any of them that are going to have to face prison time? Is Obama afraid of that? I well, he's mean, been I, briefed. It's 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 a class one felony. If you remember, in 2012 during the election. Uh, Obama released the fact that we were using drones to kill people in the Middle East. And the Republicans went after him for leaking classified material. The president can go to jail as well, the same as they're going after Hillary Clinton. Right, 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 right. So he doesn't want to. Plus, the, the key to the whole thing to me is 
that the president is the Wizard of Oz. The president is running the cover-up. There is no there is no cabal. There is no Wizard of Oz. That's all disinformation. It's to protect the president. The president is in control of all the classified material. The president, if you're dealing with foreign power, if you're dealing with aliens, you nobody can deal with a foreign power, negotiate a treaty or negotiate with a foreign power except for the, the head of state. The president is the head of state. You can't have a GS-13 negotiating with aliens. It, it, it's constitutional. People would walk the same as, as as all the intelligence agencies. People say, "Well, the intelligence agencies—they're not—they're not giving it to the president." I say, "Well, then you tell me who they're giving it to, because if you look up the CIA and look up mission statement, they only have one mission statement. They work for the president of the United States. They provide intelligence for the president of the United States. They don't sell Trump steaks. They don't sell cars. That's all they do is provide the, the top level intelligence Yet. to the president of the United States. And so, <laughs> who are they giving it to the Russians, the Chinese? I mean, they have to be. It, it doesn't make any sense. He's the head of all the 17 intelligence agencies. He's the commander-in-chief of the, the civilian commander-in-chief of the military. The military takes a an oath. High-ranking military people take an oath to uphold the Constitution but, of the but law. Grant, but Grant, they're, they're only in there for four, maybe eight That's years what, tops. You know, yeah, why, why would they be given this kind of power? This has always been the argument in ufology, and, and, and a lot of us have talked about this on the show because, before. Because, because, where, where, we say, hold on, where we say that, look, you know, they can't know this much because of the fact that they're only in there for such a short term there has to be other people playing this stuff from it's behind done, the scenes. It's done on behalf of the presidency. If you look at uh, hmm. um, what's his name, Hayden. Hayden briefed um, Obama, and he tells about he tells a story about briefing the president, and he calls it the the sort of the awakening moment for the president. He says, "Mr. President, we're doing a number of things all over the world." And I just want to tell you, we're doing this, we're doing this, and we're doing some this. Good, this bad, is not right, done right. for you. This is done on behalf of the presidency of the United States. It's always mm-hmm. been done. And, Mr. President, unless you tell us to stop doing this, the afternoon after you're inaugurated, we're still going to be doing this stuff. And he says, wow. then you get the president's attention because it's done on behalf of the presidency. So you have to, if, 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 you, if you say you've got somebody else running it, then you don't have a constitutional State. Obama is a constitutional expert. He, you're, you're not going to. So, get by- in, other, in other words, every president knows. Absolutely, absolutely. Every president knows. They're in charge of the security. They're in charge of the classification. They're the ones that hand out their security clearances. It's all done by executive order. So who else could could be doing it? You can't have somebody else with a higher security clearance. The president can ask for whatever he wants, and he gets it. The, The president has to be in charge. Otherwise, people are going to defect if they suddenly it's like you know these guys that won't support trump or um you know these guys in the obama administration you're not going to have people who are going to say okay the president's not really running the show but we'll we'll sort of go along with this it's right. not going to happen people are, are going to walk and nobody has walked then. you because you, you said that you know when bush you know wanted the satellites turned in on us yeah. that all these people mm. said no i'm not going to do it no i'm got to do it but it's being done so what happened right <laughs> Um, well, I, um, exactly. Well, no, they, they're, they're, I can't remember the end of the story. There, there's an end of the story that they, um, they, he went back and he changed the, the law in order to make it legal. And then they signed and then, um, 
he he did something else but it, you'd have to look at the story but no they, they did not they they all they all resigned and that 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 would happen that somebody somebody's going to walk they, everybody it's oh. like the story about the 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 the, the to believe they, I'm a Canadian and we we couldn't care less i couldn't tell you what's in the canadian constitution but the americans there you guys are nuts about constitution oh my first amendment right to free speech my second amendment right to carry bear arms and my fourth amendment right to search and seizure and it's like all this constitutional stuff you get the thing where when when the president is inaugurated they have this whole deal we got two nuclear footballs that one is for the incoming president one is for the outgoing president because they're worried about this 30 seconds when they don't really know who's the president one who's who's in charge and you need the commander in chief that will be able to start a nuclear war at any point and so if they're that anal about the constitution that you got two nuclear footballs on the Which day of the or the vice president has a nuclear football that follows him around in case the president gets killed. They're vi- to the last dot. Every every T is crossed. Every I is dotted when it comes to the Constitution. They are doing it by the book. And if they weren't doing it by the book, I do not believe that that people would. You and I aren't going along with it. Why would somebody who's inside and actually knows what's going on actually go along with the fact that the president is really not running the show and uh, we're just a bunch of puppets and and mm-hmm. you know. Like some guy walks in and says, okay, you guys think you're running the show here, but we're actually running the show. And everybody goes, oh, okay. I mean, Trump's not going to do that. Obama's not going to do that. None of them are going to do that. Guys right. that win the presidency are the most egotistical, arrogant people in, in, in history. I mean, they're, 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 So it's got to be Trump who's going to win the presidency then, right? It's, it's yeah, they, but they, they, they're, they're guys that, I mean, like Jimmy Carter. I'll give you another example. There's a story told about Jimmy Carter with, with George Bush, that George Bush was doing the briefing for Jimmy Carter. And the story's told why he did it when he was president. He never served a day under Jimmy Carter. So the story's told that Jimmy Carter asks for the UFO files from, from George Bush. Now, what happened is this is the presidential elect briefing because the, you're a, a, a governor of a state. You don't know what's going on. So the former CIA director briefs you. So Bush is briefing him and he says, I want the UFO files. And he says, curiosity is not sufficient need to know if you want those files you have to go to the house science and technology committee to get those files and so everybody says oh well you know he wasn't given the files the top secret files the roswell stuff the top secret files is not going to be in the house science and technology committee jimmy carter promised the people the ufo files the the sighting reports and all that kind of stuff that's what he's asking for the top secret stuff he's already got so people say well you know he's afraid of george bush is mj1 he's the top guy he's running the show and he told jimmy carter to get lost and stuff jimmy carter fired him he never served a single day mm. under jimmy carter so he wasn't afraid of george bush the big c ufo guy he fired him he just Jimmy Carter was an A-type personality. I talked to a lot of people at work for Jimmy Carter, and they said they were petrified of this guy. He would fire people on the spot. He was just the hardest guy to work for. He looks like the type, yeah. But presidents are, are that way. They're not going to go along with, you're not in charge, Mr. President. Just, you know, keep, keep, you know, pretend you're, you're doing something and you're not doing it. You have to have the whole thing to, to work. Otherwise, the whole system's going to collapse and people are going to defect and nobody's going to do it. And the, the, even the attorney general signing off on stuff. If he suddenly believes that it's not it's not legal, what he's just going to go along with it. These these guys, I, I, they're patriotic Americans. I do not believe they're going to do it. They're doing it because of na- national security, because they're sworn to secrecy. And when when and if it's an unacknowledged special access program, which we all really believe it is, it is not only top secret; it's unacknowledged, which means when you are asked about it. The program does not exist. You have to lie. You have no choice but to lie. You, because if you say there's a, there's UFOs, but I can't talk about it, 
that just starts the, the ball rolling and people start asking more questions. So it has mm-hmm. to be unacknowledged and it's waived, which means you're not even giving it to Congress. It's that high, high, top secret. And that's why people don't talk about it. As I asked Dick Cheney, all your jobs in government have you been briefed on the subject of UFOs? He said, if I had been briefed on that subject, it would probably be classified and I wouldn't be talking about it. End of story. It's classified. They can't talk about it. And it's above, above, it's very, very classified. And now there's this sort of movement where they're trying to disclose. And I have, I have a, a contact in contact with, with Obama, uh, very close. And what I was told was they are trying to get this thing out. I was told this last year. They're trying to get this thing out. And there's, there's all these movements taking place and high level people, retired people trying to do this, but they don't want the government's fingerprints on it. And I said, well, good luck to that. I don't even know what, mm. what that's all about. <laughs> that's impossible. But, yeah. But <laughs> this, this the big thing is once they, they admit anything, that anything is true, then suddenly it's like you said nothing was true. Then suddenly 1% of it's true. Right. Then, I, as I say, then it's really going to go downhill. I, th- I almost think it could end any day now It's because the, the, the media knows there's a story and they aren't giving up on this thing. And you have high-level people, and these are the guys that have always not believed it. And suddenly, like Tapper from CNN, when you can hear it in his voice, he suddenly realizes we've been had. This is for real. And this guy's stonewalling me. And so you're going to have a lot of uh, big me- media organizations like the Washington Post who put like six or eight reporters on, on security, on uh, top, top, sec- top secret stuff in, in the government. They can put a pile of reporters like a Watergate thing and get to the bottom of this thing. And they've got sources. And that's, that's what we've been missing is that the media, the top level media has never believed the story. And that changed in the last two weeks. Now, let me ask you your opinion on that really quick. Why do you think they'd never believe the story? Because, I mean, you said earlier that, you know, everybody's been dropping hints, you know, and, you know, when we had Bill Burns on, he said the disclosures happened. Presidents have got on the podium and said, yeah, we've been contacted. So it's been out. So why now? What is it about now that everybody's like, oh, now it's for real? Well, it it comes down to this this, uh, um, thing with, with Podesta. Yeah, uh, with CNN, where he stonewalls this question, or mm-hmm. where uh, the the press secretary walks around the question, says, "I I don't know." Obama knows, ask him, and then they go, they're going like, "Oh wow, is there some, something you do this?" I my opinion is that the cover up is not the government, and the cover up is not the media. The cover up is science. The, the science is the scientists, the materialistic scientists who say you can't get here, uh, can't get here from there, uh, that this is all nonsense, you know, the uh, Shermers of the world and stuff like that. Uh, they're highly respected. They're, they're the sort of the, the top uh, sort of the priests of, of modern society. And you can even see this in 1996 when uh, Bill Clinton, when NASA was going to come out with this Mars meteorite where they thought there was uh, uh, micrometeorites embedded – Oh, uh, Clinton was did a news conference the very same day. He jumped all over it because this was his out. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, here we go. We got you know uh, extraterrestrial life on Mars and stuff like that. Everybody would jump on it if some high level scientist would come out and say, "We did a study and this is we've confirmed this." I think the science is, is the roadblock. Not the they're all listening to the science. So when the vast majority of scientists, like you take the, the National Academy of Scientists, only 4%, I think 4% believe in any sort of paranormal phenomena. That's pretty high. I mean, so you have this wall that if you say, if you're a scientist and come out and say, oh, I believe in UFOs or this is for real. I mean, you put your job in, in jeopardy. Uh, you can even be like um, Josephson who did uh, 
win the Nobel Prize. I mean, he's not allowed to work with with uh, uh, um, graduate students because he came out in favor of te- telepathy. Any sort of woo-woo stuff, if you're a high-level guy, uh, you can be ostracized. I mean, your, your career is over. And so uh, science, I believe, is the, is the, the uh, thing, but uh, the, the, the media has gone along with it. And they've always handled it with a joke. And so everybody's sort of taken right. it, you know, as a joke. But mm-hmm. with these, with these, uh, stonewalling things where suddenly the media, they're not getting an answer. It's not, no, there's nothing going on. It's like, you know, uh, well, you know, as I don't have the answer, ask, ask somebody else or whatever. And, and the, you can tell in the, in the tone of the voice that, that suddenly they realize like, wow, maybe, maybe there's something to this or why would Hillary talk about this? And, uh, and, uh, so. I, I think it's um, – I, I never believed. I remember we, I did a thing at, at the X conference one time with Steve in front of all of his people, and it was so embarrassing for Steve. He, said, he was asking, when do you think disclosure is going to come? And it was going through the panel in six months and a year or whatever. I said, <laughs> 2042. And, and it, <laughs> say that you know, in front of me. I, I never believed it was going to happen. I now believe it, it's about to happen. I mean, I don't – I call it the Podesta box. I cannot see how they got out of it. And Podesta was very smart how he built the box. That they're in a box now where they're they've said it, they're going to um, make a statement on UFOs that there's something to it, and we'll see what we can release. That is completely contrary to any government position that has been around for the last seven ever. Years. Yeah, ever. So, and that's what you, that's what changes is is all they have to do is say one uh, percent of the records they release or whatever. It you just you can't control it. And that's one of the problems that they had is how do you control the release once you get it. And because within uh, the first five questions, somebody's going to say, Mr. President, your constitution is responsible for the protection of the American people. It's been estimated that millions of people have been abducted by these evil aliens. What are you doing to stop this? I mean, there's just so many things that can go wrong. And that's why, you know, any president would say, they say, well, give us five more years, Mr. President. We'll have better information and stuff like that. And, and the president goes, yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, like, well, it's like, like the economy, just kick it down the road. That we really, well, what, 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 Grant, what ha- we really don't know what to do with it. What what happens if uh, Trump wins and and Hillary loses? Uh, Podesta's SOL right at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 the one scenario, and that and that could happen. I mean, I can I can see um, I, I can see that happening, uh, but I still have Podesta. But again, it's like people don't really pay attention when when it's been disclosed. Podesta has said clearly. I mean, because Trump hasn't said anything about UFOs uh, so far. What's that? He's mentioned the only time that Trump has mentioned aliens are illegal aliens, immigrants. He has not mentioned UFOs or yes. aliens. I mean, we, he stayed away. From he them. was supposed to be asked by Damon Steer in in New Hampshire because he asked all of them. They right, came through that that office and he asked uh, you know Kasich about it and and uh, um, uh, Cruz and all all of them. But because Trump was flying around in his seven fifty seven jet. You know he's 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 not there to talk to the people or find out what the people want. He he has all the answers. He like he's the Messiah. I mean, he just flew around and made his you know that tweets and and made major speeches. He didn't have a bus. I mean, wh- I don't need to talk to anybody. And so he never went through that office. So he never got asked. But I mean, Sanders, for example, was asked, and he was like almost like Obama when he got in. He's like, I, you know, I'm here to save the poor people. Like I I couldn't care less. You know, like he he wasn't right. really interested at all. And, and I kind of believe Sanders because he's up up there in age. I don't think he cares about aliens. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's, he's got a lot more on his mind. Yeah, like maybe dying in a couple of weeks. You know, he's hey, hey, well, he's not. He that looks old. frail. He looks really frail. Oh, he does not look frail. <laughs> Bruh, that old man is going to outlast all of us. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I call him the angry bird. He's like, and now all his people are getting to yeah. be angry birds. It's like, wow. 
but he's he, he's like he's uh, I live in a country where there's a lot of socialism. I think he's even he's like a, more of a Marxist. I mean, he's really over to the left, but uh, he, he just not 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 on his. Uh, not on his radar. Whereas you get Kasich, he said, well, I really don't believe this, but my brother-in-law said, man, if I get elected, I, I got to get into Area 51 right away. And mm. uh, so, you know, then he, he brings up the joke with the, the only primary he won. He brought up the joke that was famous joke on uh, everybody's used it. The, the Bush used it and Clinton used it was the thing about there's more chance that an 18 year old is going to see a UFO than get a social security check. And, and he made this joke and he Ouch. ends up winning uh his uh his home state but uh he didn't uh cruz was actually pretty interested in hillary clinton he she was shown the hillary clinton documents and uh he was actually pretty uh pretty amazed at, at uh the fact that hillary had been involved he seemed kind of interested but again it comes down to uh you know what who gets in uh, and and the fact that it's all you know mm. you've got these disclosures happening that people just uh, sort of will forget about it they'll forget Podesta actually said there was this is surreal the, and nobody asks the question to Podesta about uh, what do you mean there are classified documents what, what are you talking about because he seems to indicate he he knows and he is the chief of staff so any, any briefing that takes place if there's a way if there's a UFO briefing or any sort of briefing it has you to, know he's going to be there it has to go to the chief of staff they have right, to arrange right. it through him because they have all these you know protocols that that they do so he, very powerful guy and he will be killer clinton's chief of staff if he wins uh, i'm pretty sure of that he's he said that's his favorite job and uh he's running everything first and last word everything that's happening in the hillary clinton campaign is his and he's got 40 people in the obama administration extremely powerful guy and extremely smart as to uh how he's operating so you watch his tweets very carefully as to exactly what does he say it's, it's, you can't just read it quickly and and skip over and go to the next thing he's he's I've seen this for a year. That's why I kept saying for a year. I said, watch the puppet master, not the puppet. Forget about what Hillary Clinton's saying. It, you watch what John Podesta's doing. Why is John Podesta doing it? And uh, what's going on? I don't know what interested him, whether he had a UFO sighting. I'm, I'm not sure, but Something he, his big thing is open government. I know that. He just wants open government. He believes that, that you have to, as he said at the, the 2002 news conference for uh, the sci-fi, he said... Um, uh, the people can handle the truth, and it's the law. And that's what I say about these high-level people. Mm. If they didn't believe it was the law, they would walk. They they, right. they would take a walk. And nobody's defecting, which means everybody believes what they're doing is legal and constitutional. But again, my question stands. What happens if Trump wins? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Uh, then we're back at square one, and we have Steve Bassett for another 10 years trying to get disclosure. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's. Uh, just think uh, about just think about Trump being briefed on the energy possibilities that Stephen Greer is always talking about. I think mm. Trump and Greer would really like go off into the sunset together, saying, "Let's talk about this." Yeah, well, he's actually getting the briefings now. He's getting the uh, the other right. uh, thing with the chief of staff. Uh, uh, John Podesta saw the presidential daily briefing, which is this, you know, the the top secret briefing that's given to the president every morning. It's either forty five minute oral or uh, fifteen or sixteen pages written. If we you would love that. Read it. And uh, Trump is getting uh, that that material now, so he's. I guess he's starting to see right now how the world actually works, rather than his impression of how the world worked. He's actually gets to to see the, the, the whole thing, and that's where people say, well, you know, wh why would the why would the president not release it? 
I mean, he gets this 45-minute oral briefing every day of, of top-secret stuff and name the last thing, top-secret thing that the president said. Oh, guess what? You know, that, a guy that got killed over there, we did it. I mean, they don't, they don't leak secrets about anything. That's part of the game is once you become the president, suddenly it's your cover-up. It's your CIA. Right. It's your black ops. It's, you're killing people. You're, you're in charge of this whole thing. And suddenly the whole, the whole game changes. The whole world is on your shoulders, Mr. Yeah. President. Basically. And so it's easy on the outside to, to criticize, but you got, and that's what I felt is, that's why I wrote this article called this, this, the reasons they've discovered, decided, decided not to tell you the truth is I, I said there has to be a reason why all these same, these presidents would do it. And when you start looking at the reasons, you start going, well, I can see why they would cover this thing up. I, I think if you gave the briefing to anybody, they would say, yeah, no, not me, man. Just kick this thing down the road. I don't want to deal with this. I mean, the thing about Stephen Greer talking about the stock market melting down, that is possible. That is a possibility. And how do you open the stock market again? I mean, if you, people have to have confidence that you've got it under control and they don't have it under control. It's, it's all consciousness. The whole bottom of the line of this thing is not free energy. It's, it, it's consciousness. It's, it's a very, very complex thing that, that's way beyond anything that, that we, it's not little, you know, tin ships with, uh, free energy motors. You know, the craft is alive. The, the, the person is flying it with their mind. It's very, very complex type stuff. Hmm, I've heard uh, that before, actually. Uh, let me ask a question, Grant. Uh, have you seen the Mona Lisa alien video that, uh, has been on YouTube for years now, uh, from the Apollo mission, supposedly, where they found an alien? And, uh, if you look at the uh, alien in the video, she has an apparatus on her mind, on her on her forehead and on her mouth that looks like she's literally in communication with the ship. Oh. That's what they're, they're describing. That they think this is how she was flying the ship through a communication device placed on her forehead yeah. and on the mouth. You haven't seen this video? I mean, it's been on YouTube no. for years now. I'll have to have to look it up. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll link it to you. I'll link it to you when we're off air so you can check it out. I'm dying to see you know, your reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, because it's that, very is, authentic that is the key thing. If you look at the uh, Edgar Mitchell's free group, 14% of all experiencers out of the, I don't know, 1,000 answered the question where 14% said they've flown the ship. I've talked to 36 people that have flown the ship, and I had this download that, that where I got this idea that this is what it's about. It's about consciousness. It's this, this deal that if you pick up the, a live alien in 1947 and the thing's talking in your head, you go, whoa, we'd love to have this. I mean, it's like you suddenly, and then suddenly you get into the, you know, the mind control and the LSD in the 50s. They're trying to figure out how this, this consciousness thing works. And I even show when I lecture, I actually show, if, if you don't think this stuff's for real, I show the, the thing, if you want to Google search, just Google search uh, a rat brain and F-22, and you'll see this research that was done at the University of Southern Florida, where they take 20,000 neurons from a rat brain, they put it in a Petri dish with wire electrodes into it, and then they get it to fly an F-22 simulator. A, a fighter, wow. and then then they put the uh, the wind and the, the the worst weather conditions, and this thing continues to fly the the simulator, and they, mm. they start to get this idea of where this thing is going. And that was 2004 when they were doing this. That's white world technology. You can imagine what they got in the in the black world. And that's what Ben Rich said when he was asked by Jan Hartson. Jan Hartson had this UFO experience at nine years old in the backyard with this UFO. 30 feet away, whatever, and they were missing an hour and a half time, whatever. He's fascinated with UFOs, wants to be a propulsion guy, becomes an electrical engineer to find out how UFOs are propelled, and he gets this chance to ask Ben Rich as he's leaving the building, Ben, I need to know, how do they get here? How does the propulsion system work? And Ben Rich turns around and says, let me ask you a question. What do you know about ESP? And he said, oh, it means everything in time and space is connected. He said, that's how it works. And that's what Dr. Eric Walker at Penn State University told us as well. We were asking about the MJ-12, the control group. And he said to us, let me ask you a question. What do you know about ESP? 
And the guy didn't know, and he said, look, unless you understand about ESP and how it works, you will not be taken in. And then 1950, and this is where I say, like, before anybody talked to an alien, before the uh, uh, contactees, Adamski came forward, 16 years before the Betty and Barney Hill book was, was published, and we learned that aliens were telepathic. The Canadians are told by the Americans. Other things might be associated with the flying saucers, such as mental phenomena. So they knew right from the word go that mental phenomena was a key part of this thing. And that, that's the part that, that if you're the president, this is the kind of stuff where you, uh, to me, I, I sh- you shake your head like, how can you go there? Because he hasn't got an answer to cattle mutilations or, or mutilations or even how the thing is, is, uh, uh, gets here. It's so complex. It's so far beyond. They may have a, a few of the things figured out, but it's the old deal is, is you want, you don't want to put your cards on the table. If, if you're, if you're playing the game with the Russians and the Chinese, what mm. you want is the other guy to put his cards down because if you put your cards down and you happen to show the cards twenty percent the Russians don't have, now the Russians have got everything and you don't have you don't you don't have you don't have the answer and they've got the answer. So that that's what um uh, Scott Jones told me, and he was one of the guys that helped brief the Rockefeller with the science advisor. He was in on the briefing. He told me the story about going to China and this thing about disclosure where they, he was working for Senator Claiborne Pell and they thought he was working for the government. He said, no, I'm just working for Claiborne Pell. He said, oh, no, you're working for the government because everybody in China works for the government. And they, he, he said to him, he said, I need to ask you a question. Why don't the Chinese beat the Americans to it? Why don't you disclose? And he said, these are high-level Chinese people said to him, let me tell you, as soon as the Americans disclose, would be a close second. Everybody's trying to get somebody else to put their, their cards on the table. And so you, you don't want to show what you've got. You don't want to show what you don't know. And because it's, it's, it, all, sense. it all comes down to weapons. National security. Yeah, national security. <laughs> that's, that's what Jimmy Carter said as well. He said, I will release unless it's got to do with weapons. And, uh, he did a lot of disclosure stuff, which people don't really realize. He did it behind the scenes. Yes. But his yep. fingerprints weren't on it. He sent his, uh, he sent his, mm-hmm. his press secretary to the FBI, put a huge pressure on the FBI. And that's when all the Maccabee got the 1500 pages from the FBI. He had, there was a girl that was at the CIA. A lawyer who was the FOIA to the CIA and Kit Green, who was the, ran the weird desk before, uh, Pandolfi tells a story about how, uh, this girl actually broke down crying. She was under so much pressure because all the CIA guys were hiding documents and they weren't playing along. And she was under pressure by Carter to get all the, uh, the, the UFO material out of the CIA. But you didn't see, everybody thought Jimmy Carter didn't do anything. He sent his press secretary to NASA to start another blue book thing. And NASA said, absolutely not. We, our budget was cut by $5 billion. We don't have the resources to do this. If you've got hardware, we'll look at hardware. And, and they basically walked out of this. But Jimmy Carter was trying to, trying to get disclosed. He was trying to do this, or he tells Hillary Clinton, or he tells, for example, if you don't believe the president knows, Jimmy Carter told Shirley MacLaine, she said about UFOs, and he's always notorious as the guy who knew nothing. He was completely cut out of the loop. Bush told him to get lost. You're not getting any files, whatever. He said to Shirley MacLaine, I, I, tried, to, I tried to put it in front of my intelligence people to see how the people would react. But he could, but he couldn't and wouldn't and didn't. So he basically told Shirley McLean, I had the material. I was going to put it out there to see how the people would react and the intelligence people stopped me from doing it. So if Jimmy Carter knew, they all knew. It's the same as remote viewing. Jimmy Carter in his, in his diary talks about this famous remote viewing situation where they find the, the, this high level, uh, Russian, uh, spy plane. And he lies. He says it's a two engine American plane. It was an F-22 Tupolev, uh, uh, supersonic jet fighter or uh, uh, 
uh, bomber from the Russians that they turned into an intelligence platform and it crashed in Northern Africa and the CIA was trying to find it. So they used the remote viewers, one from this, from the, uh, uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base and one from SRI and they both identified this place in this in this river cia went there and found it so jimmy carter tells the story he said it was the most amazing thing he'd seen as the president but he lies he says it was an american plane and uh, uh this uh woman's uh psychic that you if you go to the presidential libraries you will not find any documents on remote viewing either you will not find ufos because it's top secret classified as well and that's how it works you don't find anything really top secret or how they build the bombers or any of that kind of stuff there's really nothing there because anything that's classified is is not revealed and ufos just falls into that category that it's classified and you can't talk about it and it's unacknowledged which means you can't even acknowledge that there's a program that we've been working on ufos because even that's classified amazing Amazing that this has been going on for so long. Now, Grant, let me ask you: Do you think any of this is connected to uh, Hitler and the occult? And and because my belief is that we were so already like indoctrinated into this cover-up, even with the Second World War when that was going on. But once that war ended, we of course got their scientists, uh, you know, Werner von Braun and all these people that came over. And to me, Roswell was an orchestrated event that they were testing out some stuff that they got from the Nazis, and that that's what crashed. Maybe it was alien, maybe it was Nazi technology, I don't know. But do you think that the Nazis and their occult uh, following, which has to do with psychic behavior, psychic stuff as well as aliens, uh, do you think maybe that has any connection to this overall picture of what's going on? I have no expertise on that. I, I've seen the stuff. I've never really uh, researched. I mean, it's possible. Well, I mean, we know about you know about Erno van Braun, the scientist. Oh, they brought oh over. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, you know, but it's it still comes down. It's it's a long um, time. I, I basically rely on the records where you know you got documents or uh, testimony. I really haven't looked into that. I uh, to me, it's clear that the. Um, the Americans had. I show a video. I did a interview. I went and interviewed these two women in their 80s in Ohio, who mm-hmm. talk about uh, their father was a minister, being shown these bodies in the sub basement of the Capitol, which is very strange, because that's where uh, Jesse Marcel talks about being taken and told it was for real. And uh, they, this, this, she said that uh, this, these two women in their 80s, I got on video. They're telling me the story where their father independently both told them and the one that was for sure for sure she said it was 1948 they were told that um cordell hull had shown their father the bodies and the the craft underneath the the capital and cordell hull left the the white house in 1944 so we know that they had bodies and craft before uh 1944 and the jesse marcel story is is another one that shows uh, people say well you know the president doesn't know well um um we're trying to get a hold of him. He's, he's not talking anymore. It's Dick D'Amato. Dick D'Amato goes to everybody. He goes to uh, all the Area 51. He, he's on Area 51. He talks to a guy there, which I can't talk about. He's, I know a lot of the story. But what happened was Senator Byrd on the Senate Appropriations Committee, when the Area 51 story broke, this is 1991, uh, Byrd says to his, his, his guys on the Appropriations Committee, he says, are we doing flying saucers at Area 51? And they go, I don't know. And he says, well, we're the Appropriations Committee. We hand out the money. If they're doing flying saucers, 
we're paying for it and we don't know. So what they do is they hire Dick D'Amato and he's from NS and the National Security Agency and he's a lawyer and they hire him uh, as an, uh, an investigator and he goes to Area 51, he talks to Tim Good, he talks to Stan Friedman, he talks to Jesse Marcel, he talks to everybody and he, he, he comes back and Jesse at the citizens hearing tells his story where he's taken to the sub-basement to go, all these vaulted, you know, key, keyed rooms and stuff in this big conference room and, and Whitley Strieber's book Majestic, which is about the Roswell crash and right. about the cover-up about the Majestic 12 group and how it all fits together. And he's got the book sitting on the table and he says to Jesse, he says, uh, I got something because Jesse said, I, I've told my whole story. I got nothing I can tell, nothing more to tell. And he says, well, maybe I want to tell you something. So he takes him to this secure room and he says, I just want to, he taps the book and he says, I just want to let you know this is for real. And Jesse goes, well, I know it's for real. So when are you going to tell the people? And he says, well, if it was up to me, I would have told the people yesterday, but it's not up to me. I'm just here to find out how much the security is costing. So if a, a, a guy on the Senate Appropriations Committee, an investigator, knows and is and knows the cost of the security and can confirm that this thing is real, how can we say the president doesn't know? This guy's pretty low. Uh, appropriations is is a lot lower than the president. And if this guy knows and if the Senate Appropriations Committee knows this thing's for real, now they may not have the details. They couldn't get to the details because it's a waived program, which means it's exempt from from Congress. But but. Uh, D'Amato knew, and he basically told Jesse, "This is this is for real." He said, "There's a there's a, a an unelected arm of government that has complete control over this thing, and they have unlimited money and unlimited power." And that's what I believe. That that's a testimony, the kind of stuff where it really uh, hits home that this is how it actually works. And uh, but D'Amato, uh, uh, people are trying to contact him, and he's not talking anymore. And so he goes along with the game. It's it's the old deal. Why didn't he defect? Why didn't he uh, run out and tell everybody that that you know they're, they're, the government is is not in control and there's this cabal running the thing? He's playing the game. They're all playing the game because they they they're all going to go to jail if they talk about it. They're all sworn That's to secrecy because right. when they, when they give you the briefing, they come in. They don't say, okay, here's the, here's the story, Roswell, whatever. Okay, now we want you to sign the briefing. They come in and say. We're going to give you a briefing. Sign here. You sign the briefing before you get the briefing. So once you sign the briefing, you're in the box like everybody else. And and right. people will yeah. not uh, reveal classified material. And that, so I have very great skepticism of anybody who comes out and says they got a, a 15 levels of security above the president because I know the president doesn't have security clearance. And then I say if somebody says they've got all they've got all the top secret stuff highly classified material, and they're going to tell you, uh, my first question went to me, are you a patriotic American? And they'd say, yeah, and you swore a secrecy to uphold the Constitution and to keep this secret? Yes. And so what, now I'm going to believe everything you're going to say because now you've you've violated your security oath? There's a right. big problem with, with whistleblowers because if they're going after Hillary Clinton, why are these people allowed to walk around? I think the vast majority are there to put mud in the water, like this whole story that the president doesn't know, and I've got 15 levels above the president and, and all this kind of stuff. So I say, you know, if somebody says that, grab your wallet and get well, ready to, to Yeah, but that's also to help them with plausible deniability. Like, oh, the president doesn't know, you know, that, to help them in yeah, case be- it comes out so they're in the clear. Sure. I because- mean, that's, that's all that is. Yeah, because most of the program, people don't realize that the, there's more money spent on security for a program than right. for the program. And we on right, the UFO right, right, community right. always yeah. think that everybody <laughs> else true. is getting <laughs> deceived, that they're, this, they're, they're running, uh, you know, disinformation on everybody else. But we're clear. The guy who's talking to us 
is telling them the truth. It's like it's all disinformation. I mean, this is like I I've got this book coming out on Bill and Hillary Clinton, and and what I say is that Stephen Greer was set up as well. If you're like Stephen Greer and you say, okay, and you've got, you, you get some of these witnesses, whatever, and you say, I'm going to, it's like running around during World War II and saying, I've learned there's an atomic bomb and I'm going to get people to talk about the atomic bomb. I don't believe it should be classified and I'm going to do it. They would fix you. They would set you up and they don't kill you. But what they do is the same thing that they do with, 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 with Bill Moore is you have this huge ego and you think, all these people are my friends. That's what I say about Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong is saying, oh, these guys are all telling me the truth, and they're all my friends in the government, these high-level guys, and they're telling me what's going on in the UFO program. It's like, give your head a shake. Your ego is so big that you've taken the bait, because what happened, they did, they started this with Bill Moore, they did it with Stephen Greer, and now they're doing it with Tom DeLong, is they, they told Bill Moore, they said, you know, you're the only guy that knows what you're talking about. And Bill Moore said, yeah, you're right. He, he fell for the hook, line, and sinker, and they said, we're your friends. We're going to tell you what's going on inside the government, and you, you, you fall for this. Same as Stephen Greer thinks. Everybody's off, off base. He's the only guy. Everybody's telling him the truth. All these people, he's got a guy in the NSA who's stealing stuff out of the vault and, and bringing it to him, and it's like, give your head a shake. They would know instantaneously who that is. They would shut that thing down. The people that are coming even said they're, they're CIA agents who were flying to his place in New Hampshire and in, in North, North Carolina to tell him about this, 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 the uh, secrecy. If you're a CIA guy and you've got this class one felony, the last thing you're going to do is fly to North Carolina and tell hmm. somebody about it because you're going to jail. They're going to shut you down. So anybody who's running around, I have very great skepticism. Maybe he's running around and saying, I have all the top secret UFO material and here's how it works because the first question you've got to ask them is, why are you not sitting in jail? Grant, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you believe uh, uh, there's any truth to Jackie Gleason knowing about UFOs and aliens? Uh, I uh, we did the interview. Him? I got I uh, I set up the interviews with uh, Kenny Young. Did the interviews with his second wife, and um, the the story was that um, she said he either was going out with a girl, or he was fooling around, or whatever. But she said mm-hmm. he he was shaken when he came to the house. So she she believed it, and so a lot of people said to me the the, the big fight was well richard nixon couldn't get away uh from his security detail it's impossible the president has you can't get away from security detail so then i find a story that that he did he actually used the 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 cook to get him and he was under a a a blanket in the back seat and the the chef drove the car out of the out of the white house and they had to go and get him out of a bar in in washington so the president mm. can evade their same as hillary clinton hates her right, she right. she if you read the secret service books that's where you learn what these people are actually like she well she, we know she, bill used to uh, evade the security guards and go have a burger or two but the reason i bring that up uh, the reason i bring up uh, Jackie Gleason at all is because just like Jackie Gleason, I'm sure there's been many celebrities over the last few decades who've been kind of told they've been shown things. Yeah, uh, they, they've had their own personal disclosure since they have a lot of money. You know, they can afford to you know maybe grease a couple pockets to get some information that we common folks couldn't get. Now let's talk about a person like Donald Trump, who has supposedly eight, maybe nine billion dollars net worth, right? Maybe even more. Yeah. His companies are worth a lot of money. I am sure this is even a topic that he is interested in, uh, in at, at all. He will have enough money to get just about any information that he wants. Now, could it be that maybe this is why he is so feared and hated by both parties? Because they fear what he has to say on this matter, and this is why he's not being asked the question, really. Because what he has to say, well, it'll 
really blow the water out of everybody's story because he knows maybe certain things that even the other party, the people in the know, don't want to disclose because it is part of national security and he'll just completely blow the top out of everything with what he might know already. And remember, he is running, uh, his his whole campaign is running that he's the outsider. He is not part of the system of these guys. Yeah. He does by his own rules. He plays his own game. He, he doesn't take money from contrib- contributions. You know, he is funding his own campaign. It's his money. He's doing it his way. Could that be part of why they they fear this man so much? Because I've never seen a, a presidential candidate not only get hatred from the Democratic Party, but from his own party. They hate this man. It's amazing. I've never seen something like this to this extent. I mean, do you think that's there's any possible chance that that could be part of it? Well, I think the reason he's not being asked is because they don't ask the question. As I said, they, the, the, the last time this question was asked, to anybody in a significant position, like official position, like the White House, was 1997. The, the, the media never believed the story, so they never asked the question. So, they, they, But I think Trump will get the, the, the question. You know, once you uh, get Obama, um, and it gets even more viral with Obama being asked, he'll be asked. I mean, the reason that they fear him so much is this idea, because you don't want to play by the rules, that there are these rules uh, like you know, keeping secrets and uh, you know, playing by the rules. I mean, even, even I'm sure they say, uh, you know, we're going to do disclosure. We're going to we're going to tell the, the the people what we know. There's still going to be a set rule on how that's going to happen. And you're talking about Trump, who is bucking the system, you know, his, in his way. He's not going to play by their rules. He's going to play by his own rules. Although now today he's put out his his uh, his whole thing with the uh, justices. You know, the, his picks for the justices. He's starting to play mm-hmm. the rules now. He, he's realizing. Well, he know, has to. He has to. You know, play some part of the rules, I guess. Yeah. So, but you're going to see him moving more to the, you know, the the center where. Um, I, I I can't really think of any. For example, like I said, like how many times have you ever seen any president? And they all got egos like like him. I mean, they're they're all this they're all the same type of people that, that that become presidents, and they all sort of go along and play the thing because it's your your um you see the 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 problems that can go wrong that you could go down as as the president who disclosed and everything just sort of melted down, and so um. It's a a slippery uh, road. It really is. Yeah. So I, 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 but he will get the question, and uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what he says. Then it'll it really take off because. And the media li- listens to everything he does. I mean, every oh, no kidding. little thing. Everything, yeah. And yeah. Uh, then you're really going to, especially if he makes some sort of positive thing, like, oh, yeah, they probably got to cover it up. The, you know, the, the the Democrats and the Republicans are all a bunch of con artists, and they've they've covered this up. And and then you can really see it take off. Uh, but I think, to me, uh, this this thing's going to move fast. I mean, just in the last week, I, I, I cannot believe. Even somebody, uh, there's a number of them on, uh, like, uh, Steve Bassett said there's a tsunami coming, and somebody said it's raining articles. I mean, it's like you look every day. Today, the Chicago Tribune did a major article, I, and I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and I was interviewed by a Toronto uh, big newspaper in Toronto. It went all across Canada, and I'm at the end of the world. I mean, this story is now at the end of the world, this Hillary story. It's it's even in my local mm. newspaper. So it's it's a story where we couldn't get, you know, on page 26, and now mm. we're like on, you know, like page one you know for a couple seconds it's it's changed the whole attitude has changed and i would say in the next couple of weeks it's going to be one story after another on this it's just unbelievable how it's how it's unfolding 
I mean, Grant, your own personal opinion, how do you think disclosure, if it happens, uh, how do you really believe it's going to happen? It's got to be through the government, obviously. That's the only way we're going to accept it to be a fact if the government says, yes, this is a fact. Well, I I think the way it's happening now is that it's it's going to unfold almost – at one point I said – when they really get the president and that's the president, it could unfold in 24 hours. It could really come apart really, really fast if if they decide that the president is lying and, and that this is for real and there are aliens here. That's the whole key is once the major media suddenly realizes that this thing's for real and there probably are aliens here and the government's been lying, uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it, I'm scared of what, what, what could unfold because – uh, you've seen stories that that uh, unravel very very fast in Washington, and, and you know you know a couple thousand reporters on the White House lawn demanding answers or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. It 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 could get ugly. It, it could it, but it's picking up speed, and that's what I had predicted that that it's going to be something where it sort of gets out of control, mm-hmm. and it's almost out of control now when you see the tone of the of the the news reporters, the way they're asking questions. It's not. Uh, you know, they they realize something's up. I mean, this really brings me back to the book, uh, The Day After Roswell by uh, Philip Corso and uh, William Burns. Yeah, and that's gradual yeah. disclosure. I wrote about that right. before. That That's <laughs> the whole thing. That was on the 50th anniversary of Roswell. Uh-huh. So so they, they put him out there and they give him a bunch of material. The same as uh, 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 Bob Lazar, uh, the, the Area 51 thing, that was revealed in a, um, if you look at this documentary called... Um, UFO live from Washington UFO cover up <clears throat> in October of 1988. That was long before Lazar went on the um, the Area 51. George site. Knapp, yeah, with George Knapp, right? No, that was uh, no, that was uh, like Bill Moore, and this is when they introduced the the idea of the light oh. alien and oh, okay. and and the the Condor and the Falcon and all that stuff. That was on this documentary, but that was that was two months before he ever interviewed for the job at Area 51. That was six months before Knapp ever made it public. It was on a oh. slide. It was on a slide on that documentary, Area 51, as part of the flowchart as to how the UFO cover up works, and so. When when most people don't realize, Bob Lazar did three interviews for E. G. and G. In the second interview of before he was put on the, on the base, they said to him, "Question number one: What's your relationship to John Lear, and what do you think about him?" So they knew that he was friends with John Lear before he went on the base, and that was how the gradual disclosure works. Is that it was the same thing as Le- uh, Pendolfi leaking stuff to Dan Smith? Nobody believes Dan Smith, and nobody believes John Lear because he's got all these weird ideas. So they say, let's put Lazar on, let him look at the flying saucers, and he's going to go back to tell John Lear, and that's exactly what he did. And then John Lear puts out all the flying saucers at at Area 51, and everybody goes, ah, it's John Lear, don't listen to John Lear. And the story gets out, and nobody believes it. So that's this this gradual disclosure. So on the 50, 50th anniversary, they put out this, this uh, Corso thing, and they pull it back by having Corso have all these bad facts that they gave him. And, if, and so they sort of it, it sort of dies and everybody says, ah, it was made up. But the story gets out. All the stories get out. The same as on the 65th anniversary of Roswell, uh, uh, Chase Brandon comes out and says, oh, Roswell was real and it had involved extraterrestrial bodies, whatever. And it was like, happy birthday. That was like uh, Obama's happy birthday present for uh, the Roswell thing. He has this gradual leak. And that's how it works because the story gets out. Everybody sort of jumps on the story. Nobody believes it. And then it, it goes on and, and you 
most of the stuff that we've got, our worldview of how the UFO world works is all coming through leaks. They're telling us what's going on and they, they've covered it with this disinformation stuff to, so that it, they, you protect the classified material. I mean, do you think some of the, I mean, if it's all coming through leaks, do you think maybe that explains some of the WikiLeaks stuff and uh, how that even went out? Yeah, except he didn't have any uh, top. He didn't have any top secret stuff. He only had access to secret stuff, and that's the the other thing is people say, you know, if there was all these secrets, well, you know, WikiLeaks and and this other guy would have had it, but there were there was no top secret documents in any of those leaks. That the guys didn't have that 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 type of clearance. There there really are no documents. The same as people say, oh, they've disclosed documents all over the world, and like mm. the Canadians disclosed in uh, 1967 already, they made all their documents public. And the thing is, no, they didn't. All they released was the the, the 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 garbage that doesn't mean anything. All the the right. reports and stuff like that. There was nothing above top secret. There was only the one top secret document in Canada, and that one I'm sure they would have destroyed if they had known it was in in the file. They just didn't look, and that was the top secret memo where the Canadians go to the Americans through the Canadian Embassy in Washington D.C. and ask the Americans in in September of 1950 what's the deal with flying saucers, and the Canadians get the report back. Flying saucers are real. It's the most highly classified subject in the United States. Two points higher than the high bomb small group headed by dr vannevar bush and it's of tremendous significance to the to the americans and mental phenomena is involved and that that top secret document but in all the releases the, the british releases the the french releases the hmm. chilean releases there are no top secret documents that material is classified it's not coming out so that what they do is is that's what the british did the canadians did it they all do the same thing is the way you get out of it is you say we're releasing all our documents there's nothing to it et's aren't here and there's no cover-up and you release all the garbage all the the non-classified stuff and the right. fact is none of the real stuff has got released like where right. in where's the analysis of those those types types of things and we know uh for a fact that you know a lot of this stuff didn't get uh, uh released even the thing with Rendlesham Forest where where Halt uh get contacts the NSA and says have you got a file on on Rendlesham and they said yeah we got a giant file and you don't have a need to know and he's got and Linda Howe's got him on tape saying that so you, you get this sort of thing where we sort of know there's a cover up and and if we know the president's got to know because the the president is in charge of all the the the, the various Agencies. He's the chief executive officer of the government. So if they're covering up, he's the head of that. He's the head of all the intelligence agencies. He's the head of the military. He's the the chief executive officer, and most importantly, all security, all classification is done through executive order, and that's done by the president. Nobody else. All of them started in 1940. The top secret uh, didn't even come in until 1950. Truman brought in the top secret classification. Uh, Eisenhower brought in uh, national security. That you can withhold stuff because of national security concerns. That was 1952. That's when it just took off. But it was all done by the president. They made the rules. They've, they they control the whole thing. So how can you say that the president is outside the loop when he's the guy that's making the rules? Now, let me ask you, uh, what what's your feelings on the Mirage Men movie? And uh, why would the government go in, in, through the process of what happened in that uh, scenario with Paul Benowitz if this is the case of what we've been talking about? Well, that's another story. Okay, the 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 one thing I would show to you for the Mirage Man, I didn't see the movie, but I did read the book. Okay. And and the the, the of course they're saying this is you know just a big uh, you know disinformation thing by the U.S. government to protect uh, you know classified uh, stuff. And so the, Kit Green is interviewed in the book. If you take a look, look mm -hmm. up Kit Green, and uh, one of these skeptical guys is interviewing Kit Green, and Kit Green actually says, and the guy says he could feel. 
he could feel that the, the hair sort of moving off the back of his neck, and he started to sweat. He couldn't believe Kit Green was saying this. And Kit Green says, they were talking about the Serpo thing, and he said, well, no, don't throw it out. He says, you know, there, there's some classified material in there. And the guy's going, what, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, look at it. What would you do if you were in that situation? I'm not, I'm not quoting, but he said, what would you do if you were in that situation? Well, you make up a bunch of stories and you say, oh, the aliens are eating our kids and they're doing this and whatever. And this guy's listening to this Kit Green, the head guy from the CIA, the, the guy that briefed three presidents on UFOs. Say, what would you do? So you put out these stories. They're eating our kids and all this sort of stuff. And then if the story gets out of control and it gets and it breaks, then people find out, oh, it's just ETs visiting. And they go, what? They're not eating our kids? No. Oh, what the hell? What's, what's the big deal? And Kit Green actually tells us, and this guy's going, I can't believe this guy's saying this. Because he's got this idea. It's this big counterintelligence thing that it's there's nothing to it. As to the Benowitz thing, Benowitz, it's the it's the the nuclear thing. When I had my sightings, it was nuclear. It was the only operational anti-ballistic missile unit that ever went operational in the States. It was six, it's 80 miles south of where I had my first sightings, where the, all these sightings took place for a year. And the Rendlesham Forest was on when they, the, the Russians were going to reinvade Poland. All the nuclear weapons, the tactical nuclear weapons that would have been used were, were affected there. The, the shutdown of the Malmstrom was the end of the Vietnam War. And so you, you have this, this, this connection. And Benowitz is saying, I see UFOs over the Manzano storage site. It was the biggest weapons store, the biggest deposit of nuclear weapons in the United States was the Manzano weapons storage area. He was seeing UFOs. And so th- th- this is part of the story. This is what they don't want you to know is the nuclear connection. When they, they mutilated cattle, they know what's going on. They, they know what the connection is to the, to the nuke stuff. So when he's seeing the nukes, they've got to take them out. So what they do is they, they have to make them go crazy. So they, they put all this stuff and they make them think he's seen uh, different UFOs and stuff like that. And they sort of drive them nuts. And Bill Moore helps do this. But Bill Moore says, if, and you look at his testimony, he said, I wasn't the only one that was doing it. Everybody was doing it. And he tells the very story that nobody wants to listen to. He said the computer, they gave Benowitz this computer that supposedly showed the UFOs where the UFOs were moving and he could communicate with the, the, the UFOs. Jalen Hynek provided on that computer. Jail and Heideck was in with the government. And so Bill Moore was saying, I'm not the only one who's doing this. Everybody was in on this. And you had to put him down because he was actually seeing something. So you don't kill him. But what you have to do is you, same thing they did with, with the, the Area 51 thing is you've got to throw some mud in the water. You make all this disinformation around it. So you add all this stuff to it. The same as Bill Moore. They were adding stuff to what he was doing. And they said to Bill Moore, clearly they said, the, the material we're going to give you, some of it's going to be real, but some of it's going to be disinformation and it's up to you to separate the wheat from the chaff. And, of course, Bill Moore with his big ego said, no problem. I can do that. I can tell the fact from fiction. And he believed that he could actually separate the material. And they and in the end, he said they got me. I you know I was I was a fool. They they took me for a ride. But a lot of the true true material did come out through Bill Moore. But they they had to take down Bill Moore and they had to take down um, uh, Benowitz and they tried to take down John Lear, but it all backfired because what happened was with Lazar when he went on Area Fifty One when he came out. They told John Lear. John Lear started telling these stories about the stuff, and it all worked fine except that one day. George Knapp didn't have a, a, a somebody for one of his TV shows, and Lazar um, was available. 
And the story was always that Lazar got fired, that he, that he, he, he showed, uh, uh, John Lear, the, the, the sightings on Wednesday night, they would test the thing and right, they got right, fired. Right. He was, ne- check the record. He was never fired from Area 51. His security clearance was suspended and they asked him to come back. So if he's releasing top secret material, Area 51 and stuff, why was he not arrested? Why did they invite him back after this happened? So he, 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 he's put out. And then when, when he left, uh, his job, he didn't want to go back because he, he was afraid to go back on the base. When he, when he didn't go back, George Knapp didn't have a witness to, uh, or a, 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 an interview the one night. So he says to John Leary, he says, you know, that guy that, that got fired at Area 51, uh, can you come on my show? And then it went viral. They put him on as Dennis and the backlighted and stuff like that. And the story went viral around the world. And the story got out of control. Everybody was up in the mountains. They were watching Area 51. And it took him a couple of years to get the story back under control. But they've managed to get Area 51 story back under control. But that was one of the stories that actually sort of got out of control. But yeah. I would say... A yeah, that's pre-internet, by the way. Pre-internet. Yeah. And so that that's how, how they, they, they put the stuff out. So the idea of the, the live alien that, that came on this, this documentary, the Condor, the Falcon, the idea of MJ-12, uh, they released the documents. The documents are phony, but everything's real about it. It's all real, but you can't release classified material. And that's what they told that's what they told Bill Moore. We're going to tell you what's going on without breaking the law. And that's how they do it. They give you a document. All they got to do is change one word, two words. It's no longer a classified document. So they can come out and say, it's a phony document. It's bogus, whatever. But the information gets out. And because they put Bill Moore's uh, name thing on, you know, how he put his date on the top, everybody points the finger at Bill Moore. So they take Bill Moore down. And the reason they had to take Bill Moore down in 1980 was because he wrote the first book on Roswell. He wrote the, the Roswell incident and it sold a million copies or whatever. It was viral, and he had actual witnesses. So it wasn't just, you know, made-up stories. He actually had a bunch of witnesses, and he was suddenly very sort of, the media was actually listening to him, like this guy's got some actual evidence. And Bill Moore said that he got contacted by the Falcon seven days after he started the book tour. And he got the phone call in from New Mexico, and then a couple, the guy said, you're the only guy who knows what you're talking about, and he didn't take the call. He gets to Ohio, uh, um, Nebraska, and they get a a phone call from off at Air Force Base um, and then the guy same guy says you're the only guy who knows what you're talking about I want to have a meeting with you and and of course he falls he takes the bait and they haul him in and they got to put him down because he's the Roswell guy he's got he's actually a, a reputable guy and so they took him down plus they got information out and that's how they do it they, they there's so much money spent on these programs to get the material and it's like Kit Green says like you've got to you've got to do something because if it breaks you've you've got to prepare the people so what you do is you you make up these stories you put the stories out, and then when the thing comes out, you hope that that everybody just says, "Well, it's not as bad as we thought it was," and everybody right. just sort of accepts it. Right, right. Which is what's been going on for the last twenty-five years. Conditioning. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's happening yeah, over and over years, again. Yeah. And and the people, the the the, the, the I even had with. Um, um, Huffington Post when the when the Chase Brandon thing broke, mm. I I talked to Spiegel at the Huffington Post and he got like seven million hits the first day or something or two days or whatever and he had another interview with with um with Chase Brandon and we had written this um uh, letter to the CIA which they actually responded and then uh, Co- Billy Cox from uh, the Tampa Tribune went and got a hold of the archivist and said, well, did, did you actually look for these documents that Chase Brandon said that he had? And, and he said, the CIA's put out a statement. So we, uh, we sort of were cut off at the pass. And 
uh, Spiegel had a second interview with Chase Brandon. And I said, okay, here's the questions. You've got to ask him this. got to ask him this. Did the CIA talk to you? All these different questions. And he said, well, no, we're off the record. We're just going to have a couple of beers. I said, are you kidding me? I mean, this is the biggest story ever. And he just let Chase Brandon get away with it, had a couple of beers with him, and was off the record on the second interview. And the story died. And nobody went after the story. And so this went out. And... Uh, that's the way it works. People just go on to the next thing. They're looking for the next sighting, the next video. It's like you get the Jerusalem video and everybody says, oh, it's a hoax. And then, okay, what's the next video? And you go off to the next video. People just, want, have, a, people just want a good story. Yeah, and then you have YouTube where everything can be hoaxed and put on YouTube. Oh. And people love it because <laughs> lots of times people are more interested in, yeah, it's, it, in yeah, pictures than they are yeah. in the, the actual fact that somebody actually stood up and said, this thing's for real, like John Podesta. There are classified documents that can be mm-hmm. declassified. You can tell that, and people go like, "Well, what's the latest sighting? Have you seen this video?" It's like they don't—they're not even interested. They're—they're they're just interested in stories because it's—it's almost like we have everything. We have you know the the two cars and the big house and the kids and everything's going. And now we need some entertainment. So give me a good UFO story. Yep. So and and that's what it comes down to, and and that's why disclosure maybe hasn't worked because there's really. Um, Back in the 1990s, when they had the disclosure movement, when they had, were picketing outside the White House, and people dispute it, but I say the most people they ever had there was 19 people. So if you're George Bush and you're looking out there in, in the early 1990s, and you see uh, 19 people, you say, okay, I can get 19 extra votes and go along with these people, or I can lose 19 million votes and join them. Right. They, they <laughs> see the backlash. We don't have any support. When it comes right down to the, we have no money. Steve Bassett works for free. Just people want interest. They're just interested in this kind of stuff. But when it comes to actual disclosure of forcing it out, there really is nobody there that really is looking for the answer. And when you give them the answer, they really don't care. It's very true. It's very true. Grant, amazing stuff, man. We we have to have you back on the show very, very soon. We could just go on and on and on forever. Yep. Unfortunately, we're, we're out of time here in a couple of minutes. Uh, but I want to give you a, a moment here to uh, give everybody uh, any website addresses for them. They can follow your work. Well, the um – uh website is presidentialufo.com and the uh Bill and Hillary uh the Clinton UFO storybook sh- is is loaded but it's not on the internet yet but it should okay. uh, it's 330 pages and it uh, Ooh, goes through the whole the whole uh Clinton story having problems i have to keep updating it it's just mm-hmm. there's so many things happening with all these news conferences and stuff so uh it'll be out uh within the next week or two and uh that's about it very cool, very cool, very cool. Can't wait for that. And uh, by the way, uh, are you going to be anywhere giving any uh, speeches or anything? Uh, Brantford, Ontario, I'm doing, uh, there's a big uh, panel there, uh, disclosure panel. Um, I think Steve Bass is going to be there, Dolan's going to be there, I'm going to be there. And I'm doing uh, uh, Paula Harris's Laughlin. I'm not really oh, doing cool. this, but, but I'm going to do the music thing. Uh, she's doing a music thing, so I'm going to do the whole uh, music and alien rock thing with uh, all, all the very nice <laughs> all the people who've been abducted, and uh, that's that's quite a story. I've, I haven't done a, a, a pure uh, music lecture, so that's going to be a hour and a half lecture, which I'm looking forward to. Here's a, here, here's a question I want you to research uh, on the way out here, um, and you probably don't have an answer now. So in your spare time, next time you're on, we'll yep. get an answer from you. Uh, have you? at all thought about the amount of uh, the percentage of the amount of folks in the ufology field, I'm quoting ufology again, who are either a failed musician, uh, want to be a musician, but have not gone out there yet or, or had an experience where they felt comfortable enough to play music live, but then they become famous in this field and then they start playing music live. David Wilcox. I mean, have, have you noticed uh, uh, that as a trend? Because I've noticed it 
plenty, my friend, in the, in the last seven, eight years that I've been doing this radio program. Well, I have not noticed that. That that's uh, something look I into that. look into. That that that's because that. there is all these these weird um, synchronicities. You know, the the left le, uh, right brain people and uh, right right. You know, the, the uh, all the connections to experiencers that have these these common things. That's very interesting. Yeah, Bruce Maccabee plays a really good piano. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ariel, uh, Norio Hasekawa, I mean, he's a musician also. That's right. Uh, David Wilcox, musician. Hey, I'm a field musician. I, I admit it. I failed in music. Yeah, Michael, Lee, Michael Lee Hill. You know what I'm saying? It's a, I don't know. It's a trend. I think even George Otukaloos. I mean, he looks like a rock star with that hair. He does. Sound <laughs> language. That's the but, key. But that's what they say about the universe. It's all vibration. That's all it is. It's just frequency it is. vibration. It is. Thank you so much for being with us, Grant. Uh, thank you, sir. You're awesome. This has been an amazing, amazing time with you here on the show. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening in. This is Skywatchers Radio. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Uh, Crystal, do you know who's on next week? Oh, my God. <laughs> Putting you on the spot because I, I have should. no I idea. I know. I know. Hang on. Hang on. 30 seconds. You should. Not even 30 seconds. You got, you got, you got 30 seconds. Go. Go. I'm going. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to find out. See, I got I to put my co-host on the spot there, Grant. I know. I that was cool. That was good. I, you know what I, I was thinking don't about remember. that like maybe 45 minutes ago, but Grant started talking and I got completely involved in what he was saying. <laughs> it was so good. Let's see if I beat it to it. Uh, we have Jennifer on. Demonology. There you go. We're going to talk about demonology next week. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be not about aliens and this is an alien UFO show. But maybe it's the same thing. Well, we'll... It is. It'll be fun. So tune in next week, guys. This is Skywatchers Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight and being part of the show. And uh, we'd love having your uh, participation. So next week, call in. That'd be great. Uh, Till next time, guys. uh, Stay safe, stay alive, and stay away from the lights in the skies. (laughs) They might abduct you. There you go. Those probes, man, I hear they're bad, (laughs) bad things. So stay away from the probes, guys. Good night, everybody. Skywatchers Radio.